What do you think of the theme song? Are you asking me? Well, yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking them. Well, they can't talk back. We have to wait for all the the fan mail. Don't judge me. (laughs) I'm just saying. We've already got a bunch of fan mail. There's like... uh... Oh, wait. Let me answer the question first since you're asking me. All right. Go ahead. I I love the theme song. You know me. It pretty much... You know. I mean, we are the legendary men and we are returning. Enough said. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Here we are again with episode two. I'm Ray Price. As with me, as ever, is the Captain Picard to my Commander Riker, Tom Tolios. I don't care how you're doing. You should care how I'm doing. And my number one, too. You should care how my number one is doing. And for that matter, you should care how my number two is doing. Yeah, we said we were going to talk about bowel movements. Mm -hmm. So this is that episode. Here we go. This is the bowel movements episode. Yeah. And it'll still be better than anything else you do or anything else you listen to for the rest of your lives, (laughs) except for the next podcast. Yeah. So um, so since last week, I've got – there's like two or three big bags of uh, mail. Which is odd in the day and age of the internet that we would get like old timey, like railroad style white bags of mail. When I came into the multi million dollar uh, gaming AM studio, you had the bags lined like all in front of the door. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? And you're like, I just wanted you to see what, uh, what an impact and effect we're having on people. Yeah, I mean, we knew even when we were recording the first episode how uh, amazing it was. But now that it's out there, more and more people got these bags of mail, you know. So. You, had, you had told me at the end of the night that a bag of mail had already arrived when yeah. we recorded the first one. So uh, I got, uh, we got some, uh, some feedback and some things, um, you know, that, that uh, people said. Somebody said... Um, that our our voices, like, you know, I kind of come out more the left and you come out more the right. And they said that was uh, disconcerting. Um, what's your response to that? What would you say? Say, goddamn right. One comes out of the left and one comes out of the right. Well, yeah. That's it. That's okay. all I have to say about that. Okay. Um, then uh, you shared that story about um, the lady that you worked with, and she always talked about her children and um, – one of the questions that came up, uh, do you hate children? Is that true? Yes. Okay. I hate children. I hate your ch- – not you, you, not your child. I like mm-hmm. your child. Mm, okay. But in a general sense, yes, I hate your children and yeah. I hate most children. Mm-hmm. I can give you a serious answer if you want to. Go ahead. They're fucking annoying. Yeah. yeah that's my serious answer. Oh, that was, that's the end of no, it. No, no. The, the serious answer, since people obviously want to know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, is that – Like one bag – I sorted it, you know, and like one bag is just people asking, you know, like, why do you hate children? Well, in all seriousness, I don't know that I really hate children, to be truthful. I just hate when people talk about nothing but their children. Right. I think I, if I recall correctly, my comments in the last episode were more along the lines of, it's great that you have a child. It's great that you love your child. I'm sure your child is a precious little snowflake, but tell me about you. Mm-hmm. I don't think my comments were that I hate kids. Yeah. Is that I hate when people tell me about nothing but their kids. I think I had said, like, you know, tell me about you. What music do you listen to? You know, do you like any movies? Do you like any TV shows? You know, what what about you? Because, you know, your kid's not sitting here. I'm not getting to know your kid. I'm getting to know you. I don't think it has anything to do with me hating kids, to be honest. Kids are fine. Yeah. You know? Well, 
speaking, uh, I can kind of elaborate on your point. Speaking as a parent, um, I also do not care about other people's kids. I care about my kid. And I kind of thought that when I had kids, maybe I'd start to like kids. But it's just, it's, no, I don't. I like my kid. But that's it. I only like my kid. I, you know, other people's kids are still like, you know, George Carlin has a a great uh, quote, which I, you know, if you follow us on Facebook, which, you know, you probably do. Well, we know you do. It's not even, Um, it's not even in the realm of probability. It's fact. Right. But you may have seen that I posted a little blurb uh, by George Carlin. He says, nobody cares about your children. That's why they're your children. So you can care about them and we don't have to bother (laughs) Yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up. Well, I guess George Carlin was a dick too because clearly he hates fucking kids as well. Right. But I think the reality is that people that get upset when somebody talks shit about kids, like the idea of kids, yeah. I think the reality is there's a little bit of projection going on there. Yeah. Like, you know, why is – I have kids. Why is he talking bad about kids? He'd like my kids. My kids are perfectly fine. Why is he shitting on kids? <laughs> And I don't think I was ever shitting on kids. I'm shitting on the concept of people living solely for their kids and sharing their kids' stories with me. Right. That's really what it comes down to. And I think Carlin is probably saying the same thing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Um, what are the other uh, one of the other things? that uh, A couple of people wrote and just said, uh, I haven't listened yet, but I'm really looking forward to listening. So they they took the time to write a letter and put a stamp on it and put it in the mail and send it to us that says, I haven't listened yet, but I'm... I'm looking forward to listening. Well, I have a message for those people as well. Mm-hmm. Dirty fuckers. Yeah. You better fucking take the time to listen to this podcast. I'm glad you got that. Yeah, I'm, just... I'm sorry my temper is getting away with me, and sometimes I just can't but fucking swear. Yeah. I'm so glad we have a production guy sitting on that button because yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Well, Denny's in the booth. He uh, he handles all the uh, all the bleeps. Denny, yeah. see this thumb? This mm-hmm. thumb pointing up? That's for you, Denny. He can't. No, he's... He's not allowed to see us. He's behind a, like, it's two-way glass. We can see him, but he can't. Yeah. Oh, I see. So if you cut away his ability to see, then he has to rely on his other four senses more. Right. And hearing, yeah. which is a very important sense for being able to catch those curse words and censor them in time, I understand entirely. Yeah. Maybe we should deprive him of all his senses except for the ability to hear. Yeah. Well, he also hasn't eaten in, like, a day and a half. Too, oh. so he pretty much we just keep him in the booth and then when we're not recording i don't know what he does in there to be honest i don't even want to think about what he's eating Mm-mm. his own filth probably but the, the swears are getting bleeped so he's obviously still alive in there right but I, yeah i don't know what else he's doing in there but uh, well i mean i think it's duty i think that even if he's not eating anything i think he's keeping himself alive by sheer force of will because he knows that this is the greatest podcast ever and if he loses this job Mm -hmm. no matter what he gets next it's not going to be as good as this he has to force himself to stay alive yeah i don't even pay him it's weird well i don't pay him he just wants to he's like i want to do this he's a good guy can i be your producer as i i I guess even though he eats his own shit (laughs) and can't see anything he's a good guy good job denny if you're listening which you I be- hope you are. Well, you somebody better, needs to bleep our swear words. You better be listening, Danny, because if you're not, your ass is fired. Yeah. 
See, good. That's how I know he's, he's still, still listening. He's still like, have a job, uh, Denny. He's like Captain Pike. That's how he communicates. Like you were like Denny. You know, one beep for yes and two beeps for oh, no. Oh shit! Do you think he's actually trying to tell us like yes? Yeah, like like he's not censoring us. You better be uh, censoring us. I'm and out not of just air. Telling us yes. He's telling us he's out of air. <laughs> Maybe. I would say this bit has run its course, but yeah, nothing runs its course on this podcast. No, ever. Um, uh, somebody asked, um, "Who is Everett?" We talked about a guy named Everett in the last podcast. Come on, that's not really a question, is it? Well, I'm just telling. I it's just this is what I have on the on my notes here. No, I guess what I mean is, does anyone really care who Everett is? Oh well, maybe not. I mean, that's not a question. All right, I'll move on. Um, Never ask us that question again. Okay. Yeah. Tell. Yeah. Um, it's I may a, have to tell the Greek mafia story. The Greek mafia. Yeah. I told you the Greek Mafia story. Maybe a long time ago. Well, one time I asked my parents about it, and they said, don't ever talk to me about that. Don't ever ask me that question again. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I knew we were. I never told you this? No. Well, in high school, people were, like, talking about the Greek Mafia to Okay. Me, and I'm like, hey, Greek Mafia, whatever. You I don't even know me. that's a thing, really. Well, I'm, Like, I've heard of, like, the Yakuza and, you know, the – but I, Well, you're... I asked my parents about it, and they're like, don't talk to me about the Greek Mafia. Don't ever ask me that question again. That's a true story. I don't know how. Like, I wouldn't even know that's a thing. Like, how, like you, the people in your high school were talking about the Greek mafia. That seems strange to me. Well, you wouldn't know it's a thing because nobody talks right. about it. Right. So how did the people? How did the high school kids get their like their claws into it? Like oh, the Greek, the Greek mafia. Like well, I'd be like, what? Yeah. The Greek. I don't know. I thought you guys I'm owned restaurants. Sure, I'm pretty sure all those people are dead now. That asked about it. Oh, well. Maybe. They're probably all at the bottom of the Juliet Canal with well, that's why your, cement yeah. slippers. That's why your parents told you not to. Well, right. Yeah. And I never have asked about it again. Yeah. It's okay for me to bring this particular story up, but nothing more than that. that. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to come get us. Don't fuck with the Greek mafia. No, okay. That doesn't exist. I, we, yeah. We shouldn't have even brought it up. We mentioned the it's, the it's not hot story. And then I was like, should we tell them? And you were like, no. My opinion hasn't changed on that. Okay. We won't tell him then. I think that we can tell that story when we actually have another one of the players in oh, that particular sorted yeah, act. Yeah, like yeah. maybe if we get a guest appearance someday. <laughs> okay. I think it'd be good for you to go over it with that person. Okay. And I could just sit here on the side and laugh about it. That's fine. That sounds good. Um, there, maybe we can reenact it. We'd have to do a podcast in a car, I guess. Right. We could do that. I think so too. We'll do a behind the wheel podcast. That's not dangerous, right? No, no. We'll totally be paying attention mm-hmm. while we're doing our podcast. I with our headphones to, on. I won't be trying to burn someone with a cigarette lighter, not right. at all. Yeah. With with headphones on mm-hmm. while driving. That's these not, And these big, giant headphones, too. Right. Plugged into, hopefully, hopefully we have USB ports in our cars. Um, of course we have USB ports in our cars. We're both rolling uh, in cash. Look, you know what? I could, there, this list is, is just so dang long. It, it, it wasted so much of my... My uh, my dot matrix printer paper to even print this out. Uh, we could go on, um, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to dwell on our first episode. This is our second episode. Who cares right. about that first episode? That episode was dog shit compared to what. Thanks, Denny. What this episode is going to be? What do we got in store? What are we gonna, what's today? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't plan anything, so it doesn't matter what we talk about, really, because it's, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. Um. Did you um? Did you like watch anything this week? Uh well, I'm watching Black Sails, which is a really great show on Stars um about pirates. Mm-hmm. It's basically a cross between what was happening at the end of 
the golden age of piracy, like uh, the early 18th century, so like the seven, early 1700s essentially. So basically it's when piracy was just beginning to die out. So it's got all the key players like Blackbeard just entered the show and Charles Vane is there. It's all about what's happening at Nassau, which is sort of like this pirate haven. Oh, um, you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's funny. I thought we were talking about like, um, uh, like online piracy. I didn't know we were talking about like real pirates. No, no. Well, on, online piracy, they could make a show about that too. Mm. And I'd watch that as well. Mm. It'd probably be better than this. But <laughs> but the other side of it is in addition to like piracy going away because the British are pardoning everyone that wants to take the pardon. They're basically taking all the criminals and forgiving them. So they're getting like another lease on life. Okay. So it's basically there's some people that just kind of want to hold out and keep on being pirates because they're resentful of the British Navy for like – Treating them like crap during the war with Spain. Because I don't know if you know this or not. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent. But one of the reasons why piracy was such a thing is because after the war with Spain was over, Mm -hmm. the British Navy released a lot of their sailors from service. And they didn't have anything to do. And a lot of them felt betrayed. And the British Empire did not give them other work. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was the Dutch or some other country that was involved in some similar conflict. But when it was over, they gave all those sailors work. So because they gave them work, they didn't have to fend for themselves. Well, you know, when you release a bunch of people, when you release thousands of people from service in the Caribbean and they have nothing to do and there's nothing they can do, eventually a bunch of them are going to grow resentful and strike back at the people that, you know, they fought and bled for and died for. And now they've kind of just been left to hang out to dry. So uh, pardons eventually became sort of the thing that a lot of the pirates ended up taking to get clean slates huh. because they were all being hunted by the British crown at that point. And then there were other pirates that were really enterprising and rather than continue to do what they do, they saved their money and they just became businessmen. They hmm. became like, you know, plantation owners and sugar farmers and stuff like that. So it sounds like it's pretty like period accurate. Oh, yeah. As far yeah. as the historical uh, elements. Yeah. It's obviously like anything else. It's dramatized. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's covering all the important events of that time period. But the other side of it is that it's also a prequel to Treasure Island. Oh, so you've got all these real historical pirates interacting with each other. Like Jack Rackham is in there, and a lot of people might not know this, but Jack Rackham was the inspiration for Jack Sparrow. Like huh. Johnny Depp based some of the way that he acts on uh, Calico Jack Rackham. And Jack Rackham, of course, Anne Bonny, which is a pirate a lot of people know about, she sailed with Jack Rackham. And Mary Reed, who was like a um, – she was a woman who like dressed up as a man – so that people did people didn't know who she was. She sailed with Jack Rackham. She hasn't appeared on the show yet, but so like the other side of it though is that it's about Captain Flint. If you know anything about Treasure Island, you know the whole point is they're trying to get Captain Flint's treasure. It's all about Captain Flint and Long John Silver before he lost the leg and that crew and how they got the treasure and what happened to cause the divide. Yeah. So like Flint took all the gold and left. So they're like building up to all of that. They're kind of like setting all that up. So it's like. The prequel to Treasure Island happens to be taking place at the same time as the British Empire trying to reclaim Nassau. And it's just the way that the, the two stories intermingle with each other. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've ever like been into like any of that stuff, like pirates and you know, that era or anything like that. But I am a fan of history. I do enjoy like anything like historically accurate. I mean, I understand it's you know, it's TV, it's dramatized and all that. But if it has actual factual historical events in it, that's I find I I find that fascinating. Pretty yeah. cool. 
I, I am a history buff when it comes to certain areas. I love medieval England, like the War of the Roses, the Hundred Years' War, the Tudor Dynasty. That stuff is really fascinating to me. It's the kind of stuff that when you tell people about it, yeah. say you were to tell someone the, about the War of the Roses, which is a really complicated series of conflicts that occurred over who was going to claim the English throne. Everybody yeah. had a claim to it. and You tell people the things that happened, or you tell people the things that happened during the Tudor dynasty, but you don't tell them it's history. They'll tell you, oh, it's contrived. There's no way people would do that. <laughs> you know, That's all a bunch of BS. But then you tell them, no, this is historical. This stuff actually happened. You can't make it up. Yeah. It's like more fascinating. It's like truth is stranger than fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my fascination with history is like the character dynamics. And Well, I just, uh, yeah, one of the, my favorite historical events, I don't know if favorite's the right word. but Birth of Akira Toriyama? Well, <laughs> that's one of them. That's yeah. up there for sure. But World War II, man. That's super That's insanity. That's insanity that that really happened, man. You like go on Wikipedia one day and just look up like World War II and all the different campaigns that took place and just like what was going on with like all the different countries and holy crap, man. You look and you, here's the thing that fascinates me about it is all the military technology that the Germans were innovating, yeah. all the projects that they started that never finished, all the crazy things that they were coming up with that they just couldn't get done. If yeah. they would have gotten even half of those things done, we'd be – It'd be a very different ending to that war. It'd be a different world right now, man, that's for sure. But it's it's not to say that I advocate what they did, but the point is the fact that they were making all those innovations in military warfare. I find that really fascinating how forward Hitler was they were just in like into all he got into like we like we like alchemy and all this like weird like anything he could think of, just like let's try that. Let's throw this in the wall and see if it sticks. He was, he was it just, just seemed a, like it, yeah. He was just a big evil nerd it, it just, looking it, for the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, insane, man. So, I prefer the version from uh, Kung Fury of Hitler. Oh, well, that's the Fuck best. Fuck you, Kung Fury. <laughs> probably the most historically accurate version of Hitler we've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it is. He was probably a, a nut job. He probably got life. punched by Captain America and then went right into Kung Fury right. Like, right after that. Right. He thought Kung Fury would be a pushover. He fucked up. Mm-hmm. Denny! Just in time, man. Drop on the wall. That was close, man. That that was going to be your job, man, right there. Yeah. So, moving on. I'm watching Black Sails. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead just started. Me and my wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sarah was, uh, my wife, was telling me about uh, some of the stuff that was going on. I don't want to spoil anything if like people haven't watched it yet, but... Um, or we could have Denny hit the spoiler alert and we could talk about it, but I, I don't watch the show anymore. I stopped watching... Um, in see, remember in season, I think it was season two, they had like that that slow period where they're looking for what's her name's On the daughter. Farm? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. farm is what most people consider to be like the low point of the show. Yeah, and I and I fell out of it. That I just was like, I'm you know. Eh, just... Well, what ended up happening is that AMC, for reasons, they decided to kill the budget on the show. That's weird. Uh, well, even though it was popular, at that time, or like even now, it, no, now the show's got it. They're they're going full hog on the budget now okay. now because it's their most popular show okay. i believe like in terms of cable tv it's the highest rated show of all time um it's impressive i believe i yeah. mean somebody out there will call me on that and be wrong but they'll call me on that but i believe it's the uh most highly rated basic cable show ever wow and um but in season two they wanted to cut back on the budget they wanted to slow it down, so that's why. That's one of the reasons. Why now, didn't uh, so like Frank Darabont left like right around that time? Too, I or? don't know all the sordid details of him leaving, but Frank Darabont did leave after the first season, 
And I think it had a lot to do with the change in the direction of the show, like what they wanted to do. I think the budget cuts were uh, were one thing. I read some stories about how everyone that was working on the set was terrified at that point because if they could let Darabont go or if he could leave, then nobody no, then was anybody, safe. Yeah. Well, nobody's really safe on that show anyway, right? I mean, that's right. true. Anybody could die at any. Well, point. especially if you're an African American male, <laughs> you get cast on that show. You are dead meat at yeah. one point. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a single black guy that survived that show. <laughs> And that's neither bad nor good. I'm just observing that it that's, seems like they just kill them all. Have, not having watched the show for as many seasons, and even I know about that. I'm aware, like of the. I guess I guess it's a you could call it a controversy. I know that people have been like, "Oh, you kill it on the black well dude. on the internet." Everyone complains about everything, though. Well, yeah. So I mean, you got you got somebody complaining about how I hate kids. <laughs> you know, that's the internet for you. And that's the internet for you. You just. The people that do the create, the people that do the actual work, have to be bulletproof and let that crap bounce off of oh, them. Oh, sure. You know, so like they're just writing the show the best way they think they can write the show. And when they kill a character on a show like The Walking Dead, I'm sure that they're fully cognizant and aware of how the social impact of that, yeah. especially in these times, can mm-hmm. be a big backfire on them. Yeah. So. They're, maybe not at first. Like maybe they're just like, well, we're going to write this character out. But then like over time, you start to hear the feedback like, oh, yeah, let's look back. And we have killed like all these right. black dudes. But but I like I, I not, think, it wasn't our intention. But I think that AMC shouldn't sweat it. Right. Right. There, There's no secret racist agenda behind that show. <laughs> they're just killing characters off that they think will make a big impact. Right. They're not. It's not like. um the producers of the show and Kirkman are in some room and they're like, let's kill all the black people. That'll <laughs> piss everyone off. That that won't that won't possibly hurt uh, the appeal of our show at all. They're yeah. doing it because they feel it serves the story the best. I heard, uh, I heard Jada Pinkett Smith uh, boycotted The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Well, good for her. Yeah. She boycotted the Oscars. Of course, I boycotted them years and years and years ago because they're a fucking farce but uh, let me just state for the record that last joke was a joke i made that up that she i don't know if she really boy she probably did but i don't know if she really did. Uh, maybe not i mean because let's face it it's not like the show does have like the show does have racial diversity in it there's a lot of there's a lot of racial diversity in the cast so but i i guess the point the point that i'm trying to make is that they're not offing people for racist reasons they're offing people because they feel it serves the story the best and here's something for anybody that might get upset about it. You have to understand that there are only four untouchable characters on that show. You got Rick. You got Carl. Coral. You got, huh? Coral. <laughs> yeah, I just learned about that meme of uh, Rick telling uh, Coral jokes. Coral. <laughs> I just learned about that the other day. It's hysterical. But you got Rick. You got Carl. You got Daryl. And, um, oh, Michonne. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only four untouchables. Well, I do know who that is, despite not having watched it since like the Shane era. But right. <laughs> I know who I know who she is. Yeah, but those are the four. Other than that, don't get too attached to the characters for any specific reason. Because if it's not one of those four, you can't count on them being around. Yeah. And again, it has nothing to do with race or none of that stuff. It just has to do with them killing characters that they feel are going to make the most emotional impact. So. As Michael Jackson would say, doesn't matter if you're black or white. A sage mm-hmm. lost him well before his time, sir. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did the soundtrack to Sonic the Hedgehog 3. You know that, right? No. Yeah. You didn't hear that story? Never is heard that? Some, is this some urban gaming legend or is this No, real? no, no. Well, okay. I mean, I guess it started that way. 
And like, I don't know how the news like broke online somewhere that like Michael Jackson did. Um, but as the story goes, as I read it, you know, I'm not making this up. This, you know, I, I read this online, so take it. Uh, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt. I don't know, but um, I guess he really liked. You know, I, I mean, we've all heard like how behind closed doors he was like childlike and very, you know, like he had like a bunch of video games in his house, like arcade machines in his house, and he was just like very, you know, he was like a kid at heart. So, like, he was real into Sega Genesis at the time. That's what was out at the time. And he, so much so that he's like, you know, I'm Michael Jackson. So if I tell my people I want to go to the Sega company and, like, see what they're working on, they make it happen. It happens, you know. So he apparently said, I want to go, like, check out the games that they have up and coming that they're making, you know, behind closed doors. And his people were like, all right. So they got him in there. And they're like, we're working on Sonic 3. And Sonic 3 was apparently developed in the U.S. I didn't know this. And he's like, um, what, you know, what do you got for like the music? Like, well, the music we have. And he's like, I'll, I can write some stuff for it. And they're like, all right. So apparently he left. And then he like came back weeks later with like an entire soundtrack. Completely wrote the Sonic the Hedgehog 3 soundtrack. And then... Um, the timing of it was really weird because it was like a week or something after that is when that first charge from that first kid came out and then his life started to you know spiral at that point so like according to sega it all got scrapped and they had to like at the last minute write a new soundtrack and that's like the official i'm doing air quotes right now word from sega okay Later on, though, people on the internet started listening to the Sonic 3 soundtrack, and they're like, doesn't this beat sound like that Michael Jackson song? And doesn't this one track from this level sound like just the backbeat? Not like the actual melody, mm-hmm. but like the backbeats. And like there were bits and pieces. Like, this sounds exactly like this Michael Jackson song. So this whole thing started on some forum, and then it got as high as like the original composers for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, who are still around now doing whatever. And uh, apparently one dude finally came out and was like, yeah, most of that stuff was written by him and it didn't get scrapped and it's still in the game. So, yeah, little known weird fact. Michael Jackson did the Sonic the Hedgehog 3 soundtrack. That's Allegedly. Pretty, is it crazy? That's a pretty fascinating story. I was with you uh, up until um, – actually, I was with you for the whole thing. But the, the point where I wasn't surprised at all was when you told me that you were hearing assets – like it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have mined his material and put assets in the game, but to, yeah. but to find out that most of it entered in a completed state, yeah. that that's a bit of a surprise to me. Well, he, but a cool one. You know? Well, the, I guess like you know after that charge happened, Sega was sort of like you know want to maybe distance themselves a little right. bit from that, and at the same time, Michael Jackson seemed to be a little disappointed in because he would give them the music and then they would put it through the computer program the compressor whatever they had to do to get it down to the level where the genesis could play it and he was like is that the best that it can sound like and they're like yeah this is like this is the capabilities that are in the sega genesis so this is what it came out sounding like and he was like eh, you know maybe so it kind of at the end it sort of like went like michael jackson was like eh, i don't like the way it sounds and they were like and eh, like the way you're maybe a child molester so you know and i you know I, who knows if that shit's true or not but whatever um but the fact of the matter is the official word was that we've kind of parted ways but then later on, this one composer came out and said, no, yeah, he did the whole thing and most of it stayed in the game. And you you can hear like the people on the internet who are posting these YouTube videos. Look it up on YouTube. You'll find like all these comparisons between here's Michael Jackson's version. 
Here's the Sonic 3 version. Here's Michael Jackson's version. And they go back and forth with like four or five different levels in Sonic 3. And they do sound similar, you know. And the guy was like, yeah, the people on YouTube are totally right. Yeah, that's, you know, a lot of his stuff was in there. Like, how cool is that, man? Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, of course, when the guy came out and revealed it, uh, all the uh, moral public outrage over an alleged child molester uh, contributing a soundtrack to a uh, beloved (laughs) children's video game. I remember that very well. So well, in fact, that I didn't know that this was even a story until just now. Yeah. Like, so that should tell you how little people actually cared about whether or not he contributed music yeah. in the long run. You know? Okay. Well, but, I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put us back on track. You were talking about The Walking Dead. Okay. So The Walking Dead, yeah. I'm watching that. Uh, that's, a point, that's appointment TV for me and my wife, but not necessarily because we're fixated on it. It's more because we don't do that much together because <laughs> she's really busy with her work and her school. Okay. And, I uh, thought you meant it was just like, I don't like her, so I don't. Well, she likes me. Oh. <laughs> I know that. So she likes me a lot. If you know what I'm saying, but um, I should hope so. She likes me a whole lot, just like all of you do. Yes, and me, and you. I said that. But ha! Uh, <laughs> all right, but what were you uh, talking about? We were Walking, walking dead. dead or something. We wa- we watched The Walking Dead because it's kind of like a date night thing for us. It's like right. something that we set time aside to do together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both fans of the comic for the longest time. I still read it. She just yeah. I never read it. the comic or nothing like that. I just watched like the and I, it was really awesome. Like those first two. There's the scene where um, I just remember vividly that scene where Rick and Shane are standing on that hill. And the moons in the back, it like, just looked like a panel like right out of a comic. I'm just like, I haven't read the comic, but I bet this panel is in the mm-hmm. comic. Right before they had like their big their confrontation. Their big showdown. Yeah. yeah, it was like, it, oh, it, Well, it went a little different in the comic book. What ended up happening in the comic book is they were like hunting deer or something in the ice and snow. And uh, they had a confrontation about Lori and Carl mostly because uh, if you like, just like the TV show, um, Shane had kind of occupied that spot Rick used to have. And then when Rick came back in, Shane was on the outs. Mm -hmm. Shane was not quite as obsessive or crazy in the comic as he was in the show. He wasn't like this sort of survive at all costs militant guy that's willing to fuck over people. Yeah, Yeah. he he was yeah, he was pretty unhinged in the T V show. In the comic he was just a bitter guy. And he only lasted like through the first six issues. He didn't stick around as long, but the producers of the show thought if they kept him around a bit longer you had an opportunity to tell more of a story. It ended up being the right decision in my opinion because it helped establish rick as the kind of guy he needed to be at that time to keep the group alive but in the comic it's basically shane gets into a scrum with rick and then carl shoots shane while he's still a person while he's still human and kills him oh wow because he's worried about his father so it was very different. And I understand why they couldn't have Carl shoot Shane as a human on a TV show. There's probably some kind of law or rule about you can't have kids killing people. Correct. But once he's a zombie, yeah, then it's... he's no longer a person. So it's okay for him to shoot him again as a zombie. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was how it went in the, in the comic. And I believe that the fight took place in broad daylight. It wasn't at night at all. But they framed it pretty well. But in the show, like they're walking and you're thinking in your mind, like Rick's not this dumb. He knows what's yeah. going on. He, he has to know. And then he finally says, so is this where you planned on doing it? And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. Is it surprising that I even liked it at all? Because if – well, you know me. I, I'm, I'm not into shows where there's like no hope. I need my shows to be like funny or actiony or uplifting in some way mm-hmm. or fun. You know, my shows need to be fun. And like Walking Dead is not – 
my type of show at all. But no, it's I, definitely uh, for some the reason, feel good show of the year. Yeah, no, no, no. I like. There's just no hope in that show at all, man. And it's like it's it's surprising that I even liked it. But I did. It was you know it was good. But then it had that lull where it was kind of like I compared it to uh, yeah. It, this The Walking Dead is not deserving of this, of this comparison. It's a bad comparison. I'm dude. Anyway, the them searching for that girl was the uh, the kryptonite cars of Smallville for me. You know, yeah. where you just like couldn't watch it anymore. It like, was definitely the lowest point that the series has ever had, in my opinion. I didn't make it past it. Most people did, though. I, like everybody I know that watched it before still watches it. I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna. yeah. The Walking Dead for me is one of those shows where uh, I was in before it was cool because, <laughs> yeah. like, I read the comic forever, so I saw where it was all coming from. And yeah. you know, now, does the comic like spoil it for you? Like when shit happens in the show, where you're like, I already knew. In in a general sense, yes. Like it's the TV show is following a very basic blueprint of events. So like I knew that they were going to start out where they started out with the hospital. I knew they were going to end up on the farm, but in the comic book, the farm is actually much more fascinating of a place. Mm. And then I knew they were going to end up at the prison and I knew there was gonna be a big blowout gunfight at the prison with the governor. There was some things that they left out of the show because they had to some stuff that was just way too graphic for the show. Some things that the governor did to Michonne that were pretty much unmentionable. Oh, wow. She got her revenge, yeah. and she maimed the crap out of him, and I thought she'd killed him. But then he ended up – he came back with an eye patch and missing an arm, and he's all <laughs> fucked up. I remember, yeah. I saw the pictures of him. Yeah. And it's funny because that dude – I don't know what's. Do you know the actor's name? I don't know the actor's name. But but he was in uh, an episode of Doctor Who, which is another show I really love, and he was really nice in that. You know, that's the first time I saw that dude. So when he was the governor, I'm like, oh, that's the dude. He was in Doctor Who. He's like this really cool character in Doctor Who. But then when he, he's like a dick in The Walking Dead, I guess yeah. and everybody hates him. I was like, wow. So anyway, like I, I knew that the prison was going to fall apart. Yeah. I knew that Rick and Carl were going to be on the road together by themselves for a little while and reconciling differences. And I knew that they would eventually end up, end up in Alexandria, which is where they are now. And I know where they're going with this whole Negan thing. Negan is like another warlord guy who's established his own society. I know where that's all going. So like, mm. it follows the blueprint in a very basic sense. But things sense. happen that are different enough. They uh, kill different people at different times. Like Dale in the show died very early. But in the comic book, he survived up until just before the group got to Alexandria. Okay. He was around for a long time. Andrea was also a very different character. The Sasha character on the show is sort of slotted into what Andrea was in the com- well, Andrea is in the comic. Mm. Um, and, and, and so they, they basically mix and match. Like there was this, uh, guy on the show, Bob, who got bitten and infected and then a bunch of cannibals captured him and started eating him. And then he laughed about it because he's like, I'm infected, you idiots. That happened to Dale. Oh, that's weird. So like Dale ended up, he ended up having, getting, getting like his leg amputated. So was that character not even in the show then? Oh, Bob uh, Bob was not in the comic ever. Oh. So they kind of took plot threads from the characters in the comic book and they've transplanted them onto different characters on the show. Okay. So spiritually and thematically, a lot of those things are still happening, but it's just happening in different ways. And they, they've added a bunch of new stuff too. So well, the, the same thing's sort of going on with, uh, with Dragon Ball Super. And yes, to those of you who complained, we are going to talk about Dragon Ball again. Probably every episode until Dragon Ball Super's over, I'd imagine we'll sprinkle I would it in imagine, there. But yeah, where I was going with it is that that you saw the movies already, like Battle of Gods came out, and then uh, Fukatsu no F came out, 
and the story, the first two arcs in the in Dragon Ball Super TV show were expanded versions of those two movies. So again, like The Walking Dead, you read the comic first, you kind of know where it's going. I saw both of those movies, so I kind of knew where both the arcs were going. But a lot of ex- expanded scenes, a lot of different things happen, and, you know. But ultimately, the same end result. So you kind of know where it's going, but all the things that happen in between that lead up to it were very different than they were in the movie. And in fact, in, in Fukatsu no F, all the characters make it out unscathed spoiler alert but the frieza arc in dragon ball super piccolo dies really frieza kills him yeah i had no idea about that yeah wow so piccolo's gone now yeah no well the dragon balls oh they use them already to bring him back what are you talking about this dragon ball man he's back already he's back that's the problem with dragon ball in a way like there there's kind of no weight to anybody's death because uh, we'll just you know well oh but piccolo died the Dragon Ball's turned to stone. That's cool. We can go to Namek. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know. Yeah, I, I think we've had this conversation many times in the past, but I feel like them doing this to the characters and then not having any, like, long-lasting consequences, it's not really hurtful to the show, but it is hurtful to those characters. Yeah. Because what it does is it diminishes their relevance to the overall story. Once, mm-hmm. like, Krillin used to be Pic- or Goku's rival. Yeah. Now he's practically a joke. Yeah. You know, and it's like, even though he's... I will say he's the most important of the lesser characters right. still to this day. Like, they're not even using Yamcha and Tenshinan anymore, but Krillin's, like, still, you know... Yeah. He's still around. And... And, and I, fighting. He was fighting in the in uh, the Frieza arc. He yep. was fighting all of Frieza's goons. He was right there next to everybody else, you know, doing his thing, so... Right, but, like, I guess my, my point is that you know that when it comes down to it at the end, none of those characters can do anything because Toriyama hasn't really taken any time to power them up. And I will say this... Early on, he was doing that. He was powering those characters up. Like, he powered up Piccolo to take on Cell. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I don't know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's just, if it's not Goku or Vegeta, you might as well just forget about it. Well, they're no even esta- many- yeah, they're established as, like, the two main characters now. And it's interesting, if you watch the opening credits of Dragon Ball Super, um, at the end, all the characters appear in that big group, right? Mm-hmm. And then Goku drops down in the middle. And powers up, and he's the main character. Well, now they've replaced that with the characters all with their current character designs, and then Goku and Vegeta both pop down in the middle and power up, kind of establishing like they're both the main character right. now. So I, I found that fascinating. And also, the latest episode uh, revealed something interesting that uh, apparently there was a rule where you could only enter the room of spirit and time twice in your life, I think. And um, apparently after the Boo saga, if you remember, uh, Piccolo destroyed the entrance. Yeah, he destroyed it to keep them all inside so Boo couldn't get out into the world and cause any damage. But then he got upset and he caused a rupture in the space-time continuum or something. Yes. And, and he managed to get out anyway. Everybody got out. So now they've established that Dende is rebuilding the Room of Spirit and Time so that you can use it for longer. You can use it longer than a year. You can use it more than twice in your lifetime. So they're like bending, they're changing all of the established rules about the room. And for the first time, Goku and Vegeta are going in together to train together. That's I, I find that very, very fascinating. It's going to be really interesting. So they're preparing for this, uh, this, this big tournament with all these like godly powered people. So they're like, well, let's go in the room of spirit and time. Vegeta's like, quote the water. I refuse. No way. And, uh, you know, Goku's like just like, you know, grabbing him by the shoulder and like hanging on him and like doing all these funny things. And <sighs> fine, you know, so then he's like, let's go in there. And then uh, he's like, well, Dende make it so we can go in there three years now. And Vegeta's like, three years, huh? 
All right, so they agree. Goku and Vegeta are going to go in the room of spirit time and train for three fucking years and come out the next day to fight in this tournament. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting. This is going to be really, really fun to uh, to see what happens. And oh, I should tell you, I just ordered the um, the uh, the CD is called uh, Dragon Ball Kami Best. It's a two CD thing, and it's every single theme song. It's like all the theme songs from original Dragon Ball. It's got Chala. It's got We Got a Power. It's got all the movie ending themes. Uh, it's got the Dragon Ball Kai theme, the Dragon Ball Super theme, all the theme songs from every era of Dragon Ball all compiled on one album. Pretty cool album. That is Looking pretty forward. cool. Yeah. So it's it's probably going to come like beginning of March or something. So Awesome. I'll we'll have to give some, it a listen. Yeah, I'll play some uh, some clips of it and stuff. But getting back to uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Or were you done? Um, well, The Walking Dead. So, yeah. So I'm watching that. Black Sails. Um, game-wise, I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn. But I only log in to do my dailies, which MMO players will tell you. is like, you know, if you do your dailies, you get, like, points or currency that you can use to buy better gear. Um, I just do my dailies every dailies day. Dailies is, like, what, like mining? Yeah. Or, or, like, you know, like, you go in and you do a dungeon, like a random dungeon, and you get an extra reward for it, and you can do it once a day. Okay. That's a daily. So okay. I log in, I do my daily. It takes me a couple hours. I get back out. I see. Final Fantasy, which one? 14, A Realm Reborn. Okay. I, uh, I've been playing like a mixture of various Star Wars games, like TIE Fighter, uh, 1998 version on Windows, and I've been playing Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars, The Force Unleashed. Oh, yeah. I've gotten back into Resident Evil 6 really hardcore lately. I thought that one sucked. Well, okay, so the campaigns suck. Like okay. the story modes are not that good, but the gameplay when you're just if all you want to do is just do the mercenaries mode and just kill zombies, it's the best gameplay in the series in my opinion. Okay, it's so good if you just want to do mercenaries mode. You got to play through the campaigns to unlock the mercenaries, but once you do that, man, you get <laughs> so you in- have to suffer through the, uh, the the horrible story to get to yeah. the good stuff. But I did find out you can turn off the quick time events. Oh, so like that's Man, nice I because hate I hate quick time events. events. I can't stand them. So you can turn off the quick time events. I don't need to do it because I've already beaten all the campaigns. But I um, had my fill of them in Shenmue. <laughs> that's I was already done. Like that's the first time I saw him was in Shenmue. Yeah, I was in Shenmue too. I was like, can I just go looking for sailors? Yeah, I really want to find sailors. Yeah, or Daniel hmm, collected all the virtual fighter figures. <laughs> Because uh, uh, I, I remember I loaned it to Danian and uh, I was like, uh, so, you know, he, he had it for like a week or two. And then I, I talked to him again. And I was like, so how'd you, you know, did you finish uh, Shenmo? Hmm, nope. Got all the Sonic figures, though. I'm like, but what about Revenge? Your father was killed. Hmm, no, Virtual Fighter figures. <laughs> Dude. Oh, there's something I've been playing that I think you would really like. Oh, really? And you want to check it out. Okay. It's a, uh, do you know what a roguelike game is? I don't think so. So basically what a roguelike game is, it's a game where you just get one life okay, and you go through the whole game. It's not a one hit kill. You have a life meter and you can actually replenish that life meter by killing enemies, getting power ups. You know, it's like you can sustain yourself. So one life bar, but you can replenish it. You can replenish it if you okay. play good enough and, and, and you know, you're smart enough about it. Got so, it. Okay. But the other thing about roguelike games is that they're randomly generated areas. Oh, so it's never the same level twice. Although a lot of assets tend to get reused. So like when you see a particular gauntlet that you have to brave, you'll notice that the platforms are positioned the same. It's like you'll see the assets get reused because the game only has so many. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the game designers, if they're doing their job properly, they're not just letting the random level generator just throw shit everywhere on the screen. It's got to design it in such a way where it's challenging but can be defeated. So in other words, that means you have to have a um, 
some pre-generated sets. Okay. So, but it's called 20XX, and it's it's Mega Man inspired. Really? Um, you really need to check this out. All right, I'm writing it down with my Dragon Ball pencil. Yeah, it's 20XX, and um, it's done by a company called Battery Staple Games, and it's in um, early access on Steam right now, mm-hmm. 15 bucks. But I'm really impressed with this game. You can pick between two characters, one that plays like classic Mega Man with the buster shot. Mm. Um, you know, they have wall clinging, wall jumping. Like, is this like side-scrolling? It's side-scrolling. Okay. It's side-scrolling. Uh, it's like 16-bit or 24-bit pixel art, chiptune music. Mm. Really well done. Or you can play a guy that's like Zero okay. from Mega Man games. Oh, so they totally sword. ripped off Mega Man. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, they did, but they did it in a really great way. Like, hey, look. Oh, ripping off is fine with me. Might, like, might if you rip off something good. Yeah. Well, Shovel good. Knight, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. And we don't know when Mighty Number no. 9 is coming out, so it's good to have <laughs> Wait, wait, something. wait. No, it didn't get delayed again, did it? It did. It, it, wait, it didn't release on, it was no. supposed to be February. It got, it got delayed a third time. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all backfired in KG and Afune's face. That's terrible, man. Well, That's I feel so bad for him, man. Well, I, he had I, to have worked hard on that. I, I would, but you know, it's not like he didn't do this to himself, you know, so well I don't know. Why I'll would you say why it. would you say that? Because he's been in the game industry for years and years and years and years and he, he knows ought to know it, better. He he Is ought to know better. He knows what it takes. Okay. He went to Kickstarter, he got it funded. He knows his fans are rabid for something new that's that's related to Mega Man from the creator. Well, Capcom ain't going to do it. You know, exactly. So, well, Capcom would just let the fans make something, and then they just slap their name on it. <laughs> like uh, Street Fighter X Mega Man. Which is a great game. Yeah. But why didn't Capcom make that? You know, you could even suggest it to Capcom. Although I will say in recent years, they've gotten better with this because there were these fans that were doing a... Um, a Resident Evil 4 style remake of Resident Evil 2. They were recreating all the environments. No, oh, that's cool. Uh, there are some videos of it on YouTube. They're really great looking. Well, Capcom told them, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. So they stopped. But then later, they brought them in to consult with them about a potential remake for Resident Evil 2. Oh, cool. And basically now Capcom has announced they're remaking Resident Evil 2. It's going to be a remake like the GameCube remake of Resident Evil. So it's not going to be just HD upscaling. So, but the thing is, they went and consulted with those guys, and I believe there's another group of people they consulted with on another potential future sequel. So it's cool to see them actually getting in it's touch cool. with the fans. I like, okay, it, it's like a double-edged thing. Like, it's cool to see that, to see them embracing the fans, but at the same time, it's like, what happened to you, man? You used to be able to do this by yourself. Why well, are you like, well, oh, that's uh, the, could you guys help us? Because we're too lame to do it now. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened. They basically got in hot water with the fans over a lot of their shitty business practices. Oh, yeah. So what ended up happening now is they've got to appeal to the sense of community by going to them and showing that, hey, we're not all that bad. Yeah. You know, the days of on-disc paid DLC are over for Capcom. They're never going to be able to get away with that again. Yeah. They were approaching that nadir in terms of the fan perception of them. Like, they were getting to, like, Electronic Arts and Square Enix levels, you know, in terms of, like, just shitty business practices that screw over the most loyal fans. Mm. They needed to do something. So Capcom isn't quite back there yet, but they're getting there. I mean, hopefully they'll continue to get there and they won't fall back on their old... Their old, their old Capcom ways. Exactly, which is crappy because yeah. now I'm seeing that they're being called Cashcom, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> but, you know, Capcom is one of those companies that 
I think you and I can both attest to is like they're one of those magical companies like the old Konami that, yeah. you know, you hear the name and it just evokes something in yeah. you. Oh, yeah. But um, I mean, just let's go down the line, man. Mega Man. Street well, Fighter. Yeah, Mega Man Street Fighter for me, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Um, all the Final Fight, all the beat-em-ups that they did. Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins. Yep. Strider, Strider 2. Area 88. Yeah. Final Fight. Yeah, I said Final You're Fight. Out. I said that. I said that. But yeah, there, I mean, just, and there's more. There's oh, a, my car. There's a litany. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to get that as a soundbite sometime. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the arcade one is, oh, my God. Yeah. But then changed for the, the SNES, SNES, right? To, the SNES one is, oh, my oh, car. Oh, my car. Yeah, but now I think they, you can act, now there are versions of it out there for home. There's you know it's the best version? Sega CD version. You know why? Because it's got that awesome cinematic opening intro with the really bad voice actors. Mm -hmm. And I swear it's one guy doing all those voices. Just like, just that really bad, like, because like the the dude, like the the gang member dude calls Mike Hagar. And he's like, hello, this is Mike Hagar. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Hagar. I'm just telling you, it's all one guy. I believe it. You son of a, what have you done to Jessica? They had a good soundtrack though. Sega CD one had the best version of the Final Fight soundtrack. But they that were, voice they, acting, holy As mackerel. bad as it was, at least they were trying to do stuff at least like they, that. Yeah, at least they ported it and yeah. did something different with it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, to get back on point, 20XX. Yeah. Check it out. I will. You got to give it a try. And it's got co-op, too. No, that's cool. Yeah. Like online co-op? Online co-op. Mm, so, all right. To, pretty spiffy. Actually, let me take that back. I don't know if it's online co-op, but maybe local. But it's got co-op. Okay. So you could be, you could play it. We could play it we at could play the it same together. house. At, at the very least, we could play it at the same house. Yeah. Right. That's pretty cool. That's about it as far as what I'm playing and watching. I'm also doing some like various board games, and I'm writing for a tabletop RPG. But yeah, well, I got really excited because uh, speaking of The Walking Dead, the era that I watched of it anyway, I'm talking specifically about Shane Daredevil season two. He's the Punisher. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my god! You did you watch it yet? I watched the, the, the first season. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh man, that was really good. It was like one of the best shows. They nailed it, man. Yep, so good. They sure did. I'm surprised that it was as dark as it was, given it's a Marvel thing. Yeah, and I know that that version of the universe doesn't necessarily jibe very well with the cinematic version of the right. universe. I am encouraged that they asked the asked the actor for Daredevil. I think his name's Charlie Cox. Mm-hmm. They asked him, like, if you could have any one of the movie characters appear with you, who would it be? And he said Captain America. Yeah. He said because he thought that the two characters had very similar power sets. Yeah. And that it would be an interesting conversation they could have and that they could get into some really cool fights with bad guys together. Oh, sure. I thought that was pretty cool that he that. that he said Cap. Yeah. Apparently, the Defenders are still set to appear in the Infinity War movies. I keep hearing that, yeah. So that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping that Marvel works out a deal with Fox, too, mm-hmm. where they can have some of those characters appear in Infinity War. Although, it must well, be said... Well, they got Spider-Man in there, so... Well, that's Sony, yeah. It, it must be said that Fox hasn't really done anything to make really make Marvel want to look at them and go, well, we got to get those <laughs> characters in our movie. But yeah, right. Spider-Man is something that's just unavoidable. You can't... If you've got an opportunity to get Spider-Man, who is Marvel's, I, I'm pretty certain he's Marvel's most popular and most marketable character. I would say so. I, I think he is. If you have a chance to get Spider-Man, you've got to. Mm. You you can't ignore that. Well, what I'm saying is, I mean, I know it's we're talking about Fox and Spider-Man and Sony, but the fact that they were able to do it is is like hopeful. Like, okay, well, if they could do that, maybe you know they could work out something with Fox. It would really depend too. on. Do we really want to see him though? I mean, who who would we, who would you want to see? 
out of uh, like X Men. That's and, really the question. Well, the only one that I would really want to, and actually, not me, but I know that the fans would want to see Wolverine. Sure. I don't really care. Wasn't he like on and off part of the Avengers anyway? Yeah, like he, sort of. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. I think in the comic books he still is. I'm not really that invested in Marvel comics these days. Not until they undo what I feel is a lot of the damage to the current lineup. I want Thor back. I want Steve Rogers. Oh, back all the as female versions of all the characters yeah, now. Well, like I don't really want like to it's s- female Thor and female Wolverine. I read or something. Well, right? it's uh, female Wolverine is X twenty three because they killed Wolverine, but okay. now they've merged all the timelines. So old man Logan, who was from an alternate timeline, yeah. has now he's going to be like the male representative of Wolverine, but he's calling they're calling him old man Logan. Okay, so because it's like that character coming that storyline, yeah, yeah, that version of the character from that storyline, right, yeah, is yeah. now going to be part of. Now there's only one Marvel universe. There are no alternate universes, mm. which I'm sure they'll change that eventually. Oh uh, yeah, of course. You know, but like it's not necessarily that I'm opposed to like a lady, a female version of Thor. It's just that I like Thor. Mm-hmm. I like that character. That's the character I grew up with, and I like him being Thor. I like him having the hammer. I like him interacting with the other Asgardian gods and getting into riches. I like that character. I want to, you know, like. I want to see that character getting in adventures as Thor. That's just what I like. It's, well, it's the like, same thing we talked about with Steve Rogers. Like you want to see Steve Rogers as Captain America. You don't want to see the Falcon as Captain America. Right. You don't want to see Bucky as Captain America. You want to see Steve Rogers. That's the guy you like. You yeah, know? I like him. Ultimately. Yeah, I like him as Captain America. I like Tony Stark, Iron Man, whatever, you know. Right. I like Tony Stark. You know, right. I, I like mean, Steve Rogers. Captain America, his alter ego. The guy who you like is the guy. You know, that's, right. and that's my opinion. And I don't want them to make him old and I don't want them to take him out of the suit. To me, Captain America and to a lesser degree, Iron Man, like Marvel has this. Well, actually, the reason why Marvel does it is to generate sales and create buzz. That's why they do it. Well, sure. Okay. But same thing as the death of Superman. That's right. like that's where it started. That, like we're out of money. Let's do something crazy. You know? Right. So but to me, like you can't just slap the Captain America suit on another character and expect it to mean anything. Yeah. Like, you know, the only thing it means is that you're giving the costume to somebody else. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that will defend it and say, well, you know, Steve Rogers hasn't always been Captain America. No, but he's the one that makes it matter. Right. He's not just connecting with a particular audience. The character has been Captain America for nearly 80 years now. And there's a reason. It's not like it. Green Lantern where there's like lots of Green Lanterns, so it doesn't really matter that much. Right. It's right. Captain America's – he's one guy. Right. Well, it, it's – Steve's ideals are what make the suit mean anything. Yeah. It's what makes the shield mean anything. It's like when the when he's wearing that costume and he's using that shield, that's when it takes on its life. Mm-hmm. But if you just put that suit on somebody else, then that suit and that shield, they mean something completely different. You can't just have Bucky put on the Captain America costume and expect me to call him Captain America. He's yeah. Bucky he's America. Bucky. Yeah. You know, it's not Sam Wilson as Captain America. He's Falcon America to me. Yeah. He's a different guy. The suit doesn't mean anything. And that's Marvel's, like, Marvel keeps trying to come up with all these creative ways to make me believe that, oh, the suit means something because now we're giving it to somebody else. No, that that's backwards. The suit means something because the first guy to inhabit it is what gave it its meaning. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want Steve Rogers as Captain America, young Steve Rogers as Captain America, using the shield. Now they're bringing him back. He's not going to have the shield right away, but eventually he's going to get that back too. Mm, it's okay. just an event. It's just a matter of time. They're giving him a different shield, like one that can split into like two shields and he can like, it's got like sharp ends and he can. Is that, I don't know. Is that gay? Kind of sounds gay. Uh, 
Is it gay? I don't know. I mean, I just want him to have the round shield, man. What's why can't he just why do you got to change? Well, it? I think the reason why is because Sam Wilson as Captain America has fans. So I think it's like, you know, they don't want to like neglect those fans and Steve Rogers isn't the kind of guy that's going to say, "Well, I'm I'm Captain America again, so give me give back me the my shield." shield. He's sure. not going to say that. Yeah. You know, if Steve was to say that, they would be writing the character poorly. Yeah. He'd be like, "You know what? Keep you it. keep it. I'll get a new shield that's better. Right. But what will end up happening is Sam Wilson will end up not having the shield anymore and it will end up going back to Steve. It's just – it's inevitable. It's always going to happen. But the, the point is I like those characters in those roles. Mm-hmm. That's just – it has nothing to do with anything else. It's not about you know me, me hating black people or me hating women because I love the Falcon. He's a great character. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's never – I mean you, when you hear us talk about these things like you know why, oh no, there's a female, this character, and a female or a black. Yeah, we don't care about that kind of stuff. It's, it's just about we like the original version. Right. That's you know? all it is. It's yeah. the version I grew up Make with. Make a new – hero that's african-american or female or whatever you know like why do you have to make the iconic heroes or here's an idea marvel and dc both have expansive rosters of characters that have just been put on the back burner dig a few of those up and do something with them right you know but like you don't need to you don't need to co-op the identity of another character to make those characters relevant that's just my opinion i agree with it yeah, you know, like, what would you want to? Would Dragon Ball be the same if if somebody else suddenly started calling themselves Son Goku? Right. Like, no, it wouldn't. Well, we all. I mean, you can you can take it down a notch even from that and be like, did anybody really like the Gohan era, where Gohan was the main character? You know, how long did it take them to realize? Oh shit. Let's, yeah. let's, let's bring Goku back to life. But the thing is, even then, it was a different character. It was Gohan. Yeah. You know, but like giving Gohan Goku's identity as the title character. It didn't change anything. People just like Goku. Yeah. I, I personally enjoyed the Gohan run once they got him out of It was of something school. different, yeah. Like when they got him fighting in tournaments and training to defeat Boo and stuff like that, I was like, this is what they should have been doing with him from the start. Yeah. But they've always been afraid to pull the trigger on Gohan and just make him that character because he's like, oh, I don't want to be a fighter. I want to be a, a scholar. A, a scholar. Yeah. But if they would have just pulled the trigger on Gohan and uh, had him fully embrace the role, mm-hmm. I think it would have worked a lot better. But he didn't. He went to school. He became a superhero. That's just... Unfortunately, after you're fighting a bad guy who can blow up the world just by pointing at it, you can't take the characters back to school no. again. You just can't do that. You've sort of painted yourself into a corner where now you have to take it... You t- take it up a notch. You can't go back. Right, well, uh, yeah. That was our problem with Dragon Ball GT. Like It went back to the roots like of old Dragon Ball, and it was like, well, he was just fighting this Majin Buu, and now he's like a kid, and he's looking for... Having wacky adventures with Pan and Trunks. It's like, no. That's and that's, not... that, that's the same thing that was a problem with Gohan going to high school. Yeah. Although I personally very much enjoyed those episodes. It's like, I'm like, this isn't Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, ultimately, this is fine for now, but ultimately, it needs to get back to Goku. It's The show's about Goku. It needs to stay, you know, that's just right you know, without him. And you can go back even further than that to uh, one of my favorite rants is uh, when they replaced Optimus Prime with Rodimus Prime. And uh, they were like, when I, back when I watched it as a kid, I would have been, you know, like in seventh, eighth grade, I was like, wow, even back then as a kid, I was like, wow, what a great lesson to teach kids to like, you know, sometimes heroes die and you have to let them go. And, you know, here's Rodimus Prime. He's young. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He's struggling to live up to his legacy and he's having a hard time. He's not the greatest leader. This is all like, like this heavy stuff. For this little, this dumb kid show, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, ultimately Hasbro caved to all the parents who were whining, oh, my kid, you know, my kid's crying every day because Optimus Prime died. Caving to all the parents whose kids just couldn't handle a world without Optimus Prime. So Hasbro's like, all right, we'll bring him back. And I was like, you know, here's Rodimus Prime. He's growing as a character. He's learning how to become the leader of the Autobots, and he's getting better at it. And he's did ah, Prime's back. Fuck it. I was like, it's I don't know. Even at that tender age, I like I I could see like what was going on, and I was like, this is a great what a great lesson to teach kids. You know that like no matter how young you are, this responsibility is thrust upon you that you can rise to the occasion. No matter how young and inexperienced you are, you'll rise to the. Oh, never mind. Somebody will come and you know take care of it for you. You can't can't live up to it. It's cool. This guy will come and, you know, he'll come back. That Well, that ultimately is the trap with replacing characters with other characters, right? Yeah. They can never live up. Yeah. They never can. No matter how much you try to make them live up, they never can. No matter how cool and good Bucky is, it's not Steve. Right. Well, let me go ahead and bring this into Star Wars territory. Let's just suppose in a world that we know can never exist that the prequels would have been good. <laughs> Okay, let's just suppose no matter how that's a stretch, man, no matter how good the prequels were, that character that was Anakin Skywalker, he could never live up to the image of Darth Vader. Like no matter what they did with him, they could never get you to buy into the fact that he was as cool as Vader. Right. Let's face it. This is how cool Darth Vader is. He is so fucking cool. He survived the prequels. Yeah. When you see Darth Vader now. You don't think of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. You think of Darth Vader as a completely separate character. Right. He still has that ominous intensity and intimidation factor to him. You know, you no matter watch... how how bitchy he was in the prequels, he's still a badass. Right. When he walks, if you watch A New Hope again and he comes through the smoke and you see him in what I still I just argue... watched it today. Did that you just happen today? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was on today. And, and, and that first scene which, in my opinion, is maybe the most important scene in modern cinematic history, mm-hmm. just because it establishes the presence of unquestionably the greatest villain in the history of the silver screen. Yeah. When you which, think I, of, which, I, which I know from your blog. Yes. Which, which, I, which yes. I actually read. And that blog, it. 100% correct. Yeah. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. And if you it's read it. It's not up for dispute. It's not, no, it's not up for dispute. It's not up for discussion. If you read that blog, it will make your life better. Yeah. In fact, it will make your life good. But I read it, and my life did improve. A little number appeared over my head. It like went up. See, even though you are almost a perfect being, mm-hmm. you read that, and you became perfect. Yeah. Kind of like Cell. Right. Except you weren't stupid and got yourself killed like he did. <laughs> right. Not yet. Well, you read my blog, so you won't. No, that's true. So, like, that scene, though, like, Vader outlived Anakin. He, like, survived Every... Yeah, those movies could have, like, trashed his reputation. Like, well, you know under that costume he's a bitch. But it doesn't matter. Right, because he's still Darth Vader. Yeah. And you know that in the movies where he acts like Darth Vader, well, except for Jedi, where he starts to become, like, a parent. Yeah. But, like, in Star Wars and Empire, he's a total badass. Yeah. He's still a total badass. You watch those movies, and it's not like, oh, yeah, but I remember when he was a fucking kid that pod raced. <laughs> he was a whiny teenager that... Hated sand people. Like, you don't think about that stuff. Just sand in general. Right, sand. It wasn't like her. It was coarse and rough. It's everywhere. You know it was rough? Hmm. Any scene where those two were waxing poetic. It's because I'm so in love with you. (laughs) My nephew, Alex, he fucking hates that scene. Oh, yeah. And so do I. Well, anybody would. Have you seen it? 
Just look at it. It's horrible. It's really bad. Everything about the oh man, it's, uh, it's such like, a what I, a weird. Just what weird lives we lived to live through this time and to see like all the, the, the like to live through Star Wars and like what it became for us and like who you wouldn't have believed anybody who told you in nineteen eighty let's say eighty nine ninety you know eventually George Lucas is going to make uh, the the prequels the three movies that came before and they're going to be the worst fucking garbage anyone it will be a universal opinion that they suck if i told you that after you had seen those three movies and they became what they did for you you'd be like what how is that possible how could how could star wars and who well okay it depends on who made them who made them well george lucas made them no he made the first three what are you talking how could they be that bad that like the whole world hates them the same guy that made these movies making more movies. That's, that's insanity. That can't, that's not true. I don't believe you. Although I am seeing lots of apologists come out of the woodwork now and say that they aren't bad. And say like, oh, they're not. Well, you know, when you go back and look at them, fuck off. That's not. I've, I watched them recently. Not all of them. But they're on. Like in the background. I put them on as background noise when I'm like cleaning or, or building games or doing you know, That's whatever. how much you hate the prequels. You have them like, on as background Like shit's though. just on. You know, I'll like put on any. It's just like, well, I have a thing that randomly like puts on a movie. You know? Oh, okay. So like it'll like, no, God, no, I don't just put them on. But like you know, some will come on. But today I, I, I'm not lying to you. Uh, New Hope was on. I watched, you know, I saw, I saw Darth Vader come through the smoke just like you said. I just saw it today. Uh, but another day. Not too long ago, it randomly popped up, put on one of the prequels, and I was like, eh. yeah. And they just, they don't stand the, you know, they don't get better with age. They don't, I haven't seen them in a while. I'll give them another shot. No. no. I think what ends up happening is the more you watch them and the more you start to forgive them, the more you're rationalizing the things that are good about them. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's absolutely nothing good about them. Palpatine. Well, yeah, he's great. Some of the some of the lightsaber duels are decent. Once know? more, the Sith rule the galaxy, and we shall have peace. <laughs> what a line read, man! What a great line. Well, read. you know what I think is really interesting about that. Not only does like Ian McDiarmid live in that role so well, but think about all the people that have had to play that role. In the time since then. Think about how many people ape it so perfectly. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why. Yeah. Because he performed it in such a way that anybody that follows him wants to do it the exact same way because it's so enjoyable and yeah. so much fun yeah. to just be an evil dude. Yeah. I mean, he is Especially just... him, just so over the top. Yeah. When I was watching episode three... And there was that scene where he's like, no, no, no. I'm just like, who talks like that? Well, the the Emperor. Then that's it. He's the only one. Every video game he's ever appeared in, every uh, unabridged book that I've listened to on audio where the character makes appearances, everybody does it exactly the same. They don't try to put their own spin on it, just like they don't try to put their own spin on Vader. Those characters are performed in such a distinct and enjoyable way that Everybody wants to put that cloak on and everybody wants to have their turn at it and do it the same exact way yeah. because it's such a perfect performance of what that character is supposed to be. I would say be. the only one that uh, that uh, really doesn't fit into that category that really kind of deviated a little bit and just kind of made it his own thing is uh, Seth, Mac- Seth MacFarlane in uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars. 
his version of Palpatine was sort of like his own version. He's like the only one that was just like, I'm going to do it this way, and it's still going to be funny. And it was. <laughs> he was right, you know? Just when he's going up that escalator, my lord, stormtrooper. <laughs> my lord, stormtrooper. My lord, stormtrooper. Stormtrooper, stormtrooper. <laughs> just like... And then he's waiting for the uh, waiting for the elevator on the Death Star. Oh right! And like the stormtrooper like runs in there, and he's like, "Hold, hold the elevator! Hold the elevator!" I'll remember you. What's your call sign? One one three. Eat my ass! Click. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's got to like go up this escalator, greet back all of these stormtroopers. <laughs> it's just like so because it's Palpatine. It's ten times funnier, but just because it's Emperor Palpatine. It's the other, he's just such a great character. So if you're going to say, is there anything good about the prequels? It's Palpatine. Yeah. When he's uh, fighting with Yoda and he's hanging from that, uh, you know, and he's like, eh, 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 and he loses his balance. Oh, eh, 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 eh. I love when he gets fucking thrown uh, ass over end over the desk and his fucking legs end up thrown over his shoulders like he's waiting for Yoda to just come and plow him in the asshole. <laughs> Like he's just come and take me, you little green stud. Right now, it's like his legs are just pinned back behind his fucking ears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking! Like awesome. okay, yes, that's entertainment, but for the wrong reason, right? You know, it wasn't written that way. That's just Ian McDermott just playing it up and being himself and being cool. You know, it has nothing yeah. to do with George Lucas. You know, he didn't direct him to do that stuff. He's just. I, I think that I think that Ewan McGregor was really good as Obi Wan, but unfortunately, he just ended up being in a bunch of shitty storylines. But here's the point: the point that this all sprung from was that replacing characters yeah. with other characters. They, you know, and you could say that Anakin is Darth Vader, but they're not really the same character. People want the original; they want what they want. Pat Oswalt did a comedy skit. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I have. You have where he talks about like going back to kill George Lucas oh. because he basically tells him. Uh, like, oh, we see Darth Vader as a child, and then he gets separated from his mom, and then he's sad. Yeah. You know, and then Boba Fett, he, he, uh, his father gets killed, and then he's sad. That's like, <laughs> and then I forget what he says. He's like, uh, it's like saying, do you like, uh, do you like coffee? Well, here's some rock salt or something. I don't remember if that's the exact analogy, but it's like, you know, he basically gives you like the base component of the thing that you like when all you want is the thing you like. Yes. So as cool as the Rodimus Prime stuff was, and it was really pretty interesting. In fact, that whole third season of Transformers, those post movie, that was a really interesting experience. It was just out of the, out of, in left field, man. Well, you Compared just, to what came before, it was just like run of the mill, villain of the week, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like Hasbro wasn't even paying attention, and the writers yeah. were just free to do whatever the hell they wanted. It they was were free nuts. to advance the storyline. Yeah, it was nuts. You know, with like Galvatron going insane and stuff like that. Like, like I mean, not going argue, insane in like the megalomaniac villain way, but like in the crazy way where it's like he wasn't really, he got, he actually got in, put in an insane asylum in the show. That. And I'm so glad you brought that up because Galvatron, that, Frank Welker, brought that character to life in much the same way because we were just talking about Palpatine. That's like Galvatron is the exact yeah. same thing. That's just Frank Welker going off the fucking rails because um, he, he played him as Megatron and he played him very straight laced and very scary and, you know, just that real that gravelly voice, Optimus, you know, yeah. it's almost like a little tinge of like a like a British accent in there almost to make mm -hmm. him like more evil. But then like, it's as if the writer's like, well now he's, you can still play him, but he's crazy now. So just be crazy. And he was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but Has was. Hasbro wasn't paying attention and I, to, to any of that. Yeah. It, oh, it I'm seems sure. like they weren't. It's, I'm but, sure. 
they were probably making so much money they didn't care at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, the once the movie was, once the movie came out, yeah, they were doing well. I'm sure. They were probably like, look, are the toys on it? Is it 22 minutes long? Are we going to have some of our commercials for our toys during that 22 minutes? Do whatever you want. Yeah, but I could just is, see like an, an executive like walking past the uh, the room where they were sitting in. You know, I don't know what you crazy kids are doing in here, but yeah. have fun. And then, you know. but I mean, you could also argue that's the downfall of the show ultimately is that there wasn't anyone guiding it and saying, no, you know, it needs to be more traditional, what people are used yeah. to. That's what we need to see. Well, I also think that they were kind of running out of idea. The, the ultimate downfall was the toys because the toys became very plasticky and very simple That's in design. True. That's a good point. Um, and then they were gimmicky, like Headmasters, Target Masters. Now the gun transforms, now the head transforms, and then ultimately Power Masters. The engine transforms. All right, now you guys are just getting stupid. Uh, and then, like all the combiners, like every like uh, like ten different combiners. Like there's the aerial bots and the stunticons and the combaticons and all these different. Like it just got like. Remember when it was just like Autobots and Decepticons? We didn't need gimmicks, and like there were the there were like the uh, the diecast metal parts, mm-hmm. you know. And then they went to all plastic, and so they had that wonderful season three, and then season four was three episodes. It was the Headmasters, The right? Headmasters trilogy, and then they ran out of money, and that was, there that was, was nothing, the end of it. nothing else. It's it such a shame, man. It's a great show. Well, we should do an episode about the, this. All just an episode about Transformers. Well, I'm sure it's coming in the future, and it will be the greatest thing anyone's ever done with Transformers. That's true. Probably better even than anything Hasbro or uh, Marvel uh, Sunbow Studios did with it, too. Well, certainly better than anything Michael Bay's doing with it. Right. I can tell you that. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, I've watched the first two movies, and I watched the third one um, with Rift Tracks. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch it any other way. No, you can't. It's but, really... And I never I, You know, it. I was fucking tricked. That's what happened. I was tricked. I went to that movie. Why did I go to that movie? You tell me why. Knowing well, that Michael Bay directed it and that he directed Pearl Harbor and all these other shitty movies. Uh, I, but why did I go anyway? My guess is because Peter Collins was playing Optimus Prime. Thank you. It's the but, only reason. But I no, was tricked. But no Frank and, Wilker's Megatron. Well, eventually I, they brought Frank Wilker in, but by then the damage was done. Oh, yeah. Did he play Galvatron? I wanna, no, I want to say he played Galvatron. Or, or Soundwave. Was it no, Soundwave? I think they actually had him playing Megatron at some point. Why are we talking about the Michael Bay movies? Well, I think we're just bringing up what crap they are. That's all. Oh, anyway, but, yeah, you got yeah, tricked. I, dude, and I, I, not only was I tricked into going, I was tricked into thinking it was like good for like a day or two. Like oh, that happened to me too. Yeah, I walked out of that movie thinking it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and then when I started, like those clever jokes with his parents and stuff, and him going to which college ended up and being the, the worst fucking shit in that whole movie. And I was like, was that was clever? And then like a day or two later, I was like, wait a minute, no, hold on, that was shit. Why was that even in the movie? And I remember before the movie came out, I was looking at the IMDb page, and I was like, who are all these people? And why are there this many humans in this movie? I see like four or five Autobots and then like probably 20 different humans. And I'm like, there's way too many people in this movie. My wife is not really big in nerd culture. She, whatever she, she, I can have a conversation with her about nerd culture, but she's not very perceptive when it comes to nerd culture. Okay. She loves Harry Potter and she's into the nerdiness of Harry Potter, but she'll never sit down and talk to me about like, say, the origins of House Gryffindor or anything like that. Whereas I'll talk to you about the origins of the Sith or some shit like that. Yeah, right. But my wife says to me, the Transformers movie wasn't good. And I'm like, why? And she goes, because I couldn't tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys in the fight scenes. And right. I'm like, well, I mean, if you knew that these guys were the good guys, she's like, that's just the problem. I didn't. Mm-hmm. One was a medic robot. 
And she used the term robot. One was a medic robot. He didn't fix anything. (laughs) Why have him be a fucking medic robot? That's a good point. If you're just going to have a human, a hot human girl jump in a tow truck and pull Bumblebee to safety. She's like, why couldn't Bumblebee talk like Mm -hmm. a normal person? The rest of them can talk. Mm -hmm. Like, what makes them different from each other? What you're going to give them names and personalities, but you're not going to actually make them distinct from each other. <laughs> right. Which is one of the which is one of the strong points of the animated series is yeah. that if I say Ironhide, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. If I say Ratchet or Wheeljack or Sideswipe, mm-hmm. you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. Bumblebee has probably one of the most defined personas in the TV show because you see him a lot because Spike was the human portal character for the audience and Spike drives Bumblebee around. Originally it was Hound. He was friends with Hound at first for like the first couple episodes and then like it just like he became Bumblebee's pal. But but like the the strong personalities are what made are what made the show special. Starscream, Megatron, Grimlock. Actually I'd say all the Dinobots but they're all just an extension of Grimlock really. You know like Devastator not not necessarily the Constructicon separately, but as Devastator. Like, I am Devastator. You know, like, that's a, that's a persona. Yeah. And it's like the, sh- the movie totally loses sight of that. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've talked at this uh, with Length, with you and with other people, too. And ultimately, what we've kind of just like, it seemed like they were afraid to let the robots be the star of the movie. Right. They're like, oh, we don't think these CGI characters can carry this movie. Like, well, Which is bullshit because there are tons of examples in cinema where – that is the case. Jar Jar Binks, for example. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. The true star. And the fan theory is him being like a Sith Lord. Just amused <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> How does that even come about, man? You gotta think uh, about just it. because like, he's responsible for all the most terrible shit happening. Well, he made he's... the decision to put Palpatine in power. But, right. But right. does that make him a Sith Lord? Just a dumb theory. A Sith Lord? <laughs> he's, just, he's too dumb of a character. As uh, Mr. Plinko would say, he's a cartoon rabbit that steps in the poopy. That steps in the poopy. So, yeah, the Transformers movies were like, the first one was just a big hoodwink. It was bad. And they're all bad. But I was tricked because that scene where they all pull up to where Shia LaBeouf is and they all transform for the first time. And you hear fucking Peter Cullen coming out of there. And with the bass speakers, because I saw it in the fucking movie theater. The bass just enhancing his mm-hmm. weird Autobots. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but you know what? You want that feeling? Play the um, recent video game that came out. I did, and it was awesome. Yeah. I, I do have a few quibbles about it. Uh, number one, I don't think that there's enough playable characters. Yeah. Uh, was it Prime, Bumblebee, Wheel, uh, uh, Sideswipe? Uh, is Jazz in there? Wheeljack. Wheeljack, that's And it. Grimlock. And Grimlock, yeah. Um, Grimlock, like, awkwardly running behind the cars, I thought was a little weird. Because in the show, he used to just, like, fly, I think. Right. Like, the Dinobots were the, one of the few Autobots that could fly. Right. So they would always fly in. But then in the show, like, there's all the Autobot cars and then Grimlock, like, stumbling behind them in dinosaur mode, I thought was a little odd. Right. But the graphics, man. Pretty top notch. Graphics and, and gameplay are really tight. All the voice actors were there. I mean, all the living voice actors. I know um, Chris Latta, who voiced Wheeljack, passed away. I think in the nineties or sometime, possibly. It was it was like a long ago? But he also voiced. Uh, it's sad. He voiced Starscream too. Mm-hmm. And I, that's that's sad. He was. I guess he, all the other voice actors. I've heard all the other voice actors talk in various other podcasts and behind the scenes things, and they all said like he had like they bailed him out of jail a couple times and stuff like that. He was into some something some stuff i don't know what he was into but fucking starscream cobra commander cobra commander oh yeah. man 
so to get back to Transformers Devastation, I think that there's not enough playable characters. When you equip them with weapons, they play too similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, like they the all fact- have like the same combo system. Right. Yeah. I don't like the fact that you can't play the Decepticons. There's no Decepticon mode. Yeah, they should have added that as like a campaign, like a DLC campaign. Or- I don't like that the, you don't hear the theme song. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's like licensing involved. There, there, there may or there may be licensing, but I'm still gonna take I'm still gonna take issue with it. And here's the reason why: you look at that game; it's completely cashing in on the nostalgia feel of the cartoon from the '80s. Well, sure. Okay, you need the theme song. I'm sorry, Activision, stop being fucking cheapskates. Pay for the theme song. Did who did the music? Because it sounds like Vince DiCola ish. That music, then uh, whoever did it was trying to capture like Vince DiCola yeah. show. And the last thing I don't like is that Megatron transforms into a tank. Now well, you know why that is. Well, yeah, because you can't have him transform. If you think about it, him transforming into a gun is really impractical anyway. Right. It's kind of a dumb thing for him to transform into. A tank makes sense. I always wondered that in the show, like when I would watch it, like Soundwave would transform. And he'd be the t- sometimes he'd be a tape deck that's like a Decepticon could carry him, and other times he'd be a tape deck that's like human size. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that work? How did they? I don't know. I never understood that. But like Megatron, he's like this tall. If he transformed into a gun, he would be like this, like giant. Like he'd be way bigger than like a guitar or anything. He'd be like real unwieldy. But like he shrinks down to like the size of a Decepticon right. hand. Right. But like, yeah, it was but, always bizarre to me. But yeah, like, transform- where does Prime's trailer go? Where does his trailer go? <laughs> That's what that's one thing people complain about, huh? I want to know. So, at any rate, you can't replace characters. That's what no, it boils down to. That's what it boils down to. You cannot replace characters with other characters. That's the reason why that game works so well is because you have all those old characters back in it, and they look the way we remember, and they sound the way we remember. Tell me, it didn't bring a smile to your face when you heard Peter Cullen and Frank Wilker interacting as Prime and Megatron from the 80s show in that game oh, yeah. for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah. And it wasn't like them just casting those actors to play those roles in some other video game. They were playing the versions that you recognized. Mm-hmm. And they looked like those versions, too. Yeah. They, were, they weren't dressed up. They weren't modernized. They looked like yeah. they were supposed to. Tell me that wasn't like a fan service dream come true for a lot of people. It was fucking great. And then they had a fight in outer space at the end, which of course is what you see at the end part of the opening sequence when they're like wrestling and they all get pulled down into that matrix spiral thingy. That's what that fight scene was paying tribute to to them, to them grappling in space is really cool. So it did a lot, right? So I'm down for it. I'd buy DLC if it expanded on it and I'll buy a sequel for sure. Yeah. 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 So now Platinum is doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that looks pretty fucking amazing. Ah, there's another thing that, uh, speaking of things we've uh, been doing this week, Ninja Turtles. I've been just obsessed and absorbed in Ninja Turtles because my kid now is old enough where she likes some of the same things I do. So I showed her the 80s Turtles. And then she saw a YouTube video of, the, I think it was the 2012 Turtles. I think that's when it started. So she's like, I want to check this out. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I, I got some of the episodes and uh, we were sitting there watching. I'm like, you know, this ain't half bad. I'm sitting there watching it thinking this is going to be, you know, modernized dog shit. What's really weird about it is, you know, Rob Paulson is, right? Voice actor. He was uh, Raphael. Okay, yeah, yeah, in yeah. The old, uh, in the old Turtles. And he's, uh, he's Yakko Warner. He's uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. He's, he's a bunch of characters that I really, really like. I, really, I know who Rob Paulson is. I listen to his podcast. He's awesome. But in, in the Ninja Turtles, he was Raphael. In the new Ninja Turtles, he's Donatello. Interesting. I was like, that's so weird. So I'm like, why is this? You know, and interestingly enough, on his podcast, he talked about what happened. 
So they called him and they're like, we want you to come in. We're making uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show and we want you to come in. He's like, oh, cool. I, I'll do Turtles again. Yeah, why not? So he goes in there and they're like, uh, we're, we're, you're going to be playing Donatello. And he's sitting there like, he's like, I'm afraid to say anything because I don't want to come off as like, Ungrateful surely you guys yeah. know who I am and you know that I was Raphael in the old, you know. So he's like, I didn't want to come off like a, a, a dick. So I'm like, I like, I'm not sure how to approach this. So finally, I'm like, I, you know, I got to say something before this goes any further. Do you guys know that I was? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know, but we've kind of re- reimagined the characters a little bit. We think you'd be a better fit for Donatello. He's like, I'm down. Let's let's do it. So when you watch it, it's like kind of bizarre because like most people watching it now probably didn't watch the 80s one, so they don't give a shit. But when I watch it, it's like weird. When Whenever Donatello dresses Raphael specifically like, hey, Raph, I'm just like, that's weird. Because it's he's he's Raph to me, you know. It's just like it's strange, but uh, a real weird mesh of all the backgrounds look like they're out of a like the old comic book. They they have like a very hand drawn look to them, like all the like the New York sets and everything where they're all taking place. I mean, like all the dark alleys and the sewers looks all hand drawn. Looks like it came right out of the old comic from the from the eighties, but then the characters are CGI. So the characters are like real modern animation looking against this backdrop of hand-drawn backgrounds. Really strange mesh of styles there, but I, I, I'm i digging it. But there's actually some decent humor in it. I was like, well, the, the, the animation's kind of cool, but this story's probably going to be lame. But darker version of the story than the 80s one. Hamato Yoshi's family was killed. He battled Orokusaki over they both loved the same woman. Like none of that was in the 80s version. They both loved the same woman. They had a battle in his home, knocked over a candle, burned the house down. His wife and kid died in the fire. Oh wow, yeah. that is pretty dark. That's it's like I was like I was I wasn't expecting is, that. Is Hamato Yoshi is he Splinter? Or is he actually yes. Like okay, I know so some they're, they're some sticking in, with that. Yes. Well, the original version he was Splinter's owner. Yes. No, in this version he is the actual rat. Okay. Yeah, just like the '80s version. Yeah, he's the he's the actual rat. But uh, there's like some funny humor. Like there's a scene where he's like uh, they have they've never um, been to the surface. They've never eaten pizza. They've never so when they first introduced them, they're just they're living in the sewers. They're eating like algae and worms. They don't know anything about pizza. They they've never gone up there, so they're like you know we're fifteen now. It's our fifteenth. It's mutation day. We're fifteen now. Can we go up to the surface, Master Splinter? And uh, he's like, well, if you're going to go up to the surface, we should appoint a leader, someone to kind of keep an eye on, on on everybody, you know. And Leonardo's like, can I be the leader? And uh, Raphael's like, why should you be the leader? Like, we sparred this morning and I beat all of you. I should be the leader. And Donatello's like, I'm smarter than all you put together. I should be the leader. Michelangelo's like, I should be the leader. And I don't really have a reason why. <laughs> and then uh, Splinter's like, hmm, this will be a difficult decision. I will meditate on this. And then he goes and closes the rice paper door. <laughs> it's Leonardo. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, good humor and good uh, good animation. It's it's a lot of fun. If you like the turtles, check it out. It's 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 uh, it's pretty cool. But then I've been like, uh, since the kids so into it, I've been doing that. We've been watching the '80s one. We've been watching the 2012 one, and then uh, we've been playing the game, the old arcade Ninja Turtles, oh, so nice. the four player Konami arcade, and then the uh, we're playing it on an emulator and uh, Turtles in Time, the sequel. And uh, then I was listening to the soundtracks because, you know, I have the soundtracks laying around from Gaming FM Day. So I've been listening to the Just like perfectly kept, like Konami just had a way of like perfectly capturing what you know, like exactly what level you're on 
by just listening to the mm-hmm. music. Like, what part of the game is this? Where am I now? What part? They they capture that desperate struggle, mu- like the the music to represent the desperate struggle so perfectly. But also, it has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme right. peppered in there somehow. So they managed to capture like you're playing turtles, you're on this level, and it, it's like, how did they do that? It's like such good music composition in both of those games, man. So good. Just sit there and listen to those soundtracks. I would recommend that you listen to them, but I honestly don't know where the hell you would get the old Turtles arcade soundtracks from Japan somewhere. I don't know. That's that's how we got them. Well, yeah, in a bargain bin. We, right. We drove to Japan. It was, but but we found them in a bin, yeah, and they were legit Japan. factory sealed. And we're not talking about no shitty South Korean knockoff. No, we're talking about the actual Japanese soundtrack. That's how we got it. Mm-hmm. Only legitimate purchases. Yeah. Never bootleg. Never. That's wrong. That's the only way we'll get the the soundtracks is legitimate means. So, uh, did I say something funny? (laughs) Do you want to talk about um, what you uh, what you're doing on other podcasts? Oh well, um, sure. That I will talk about for a little bit. I'm not. What I do on the other podcast is a very irregular thing, but there's a website out there called Operainfall, www.operainfall.com. Mm-hmm. And what I do for them is I'm a, a contributing author. I write, I do mostly news pieces, but every once in a while I do a review or I'll do an opinion. I do very infrequently do opinion pieces. Um, honestly, part of the reason for that is I kind of want to save the opinions that I have for our blog oh, okay. at this point. Um, I do enough work for them. And now I'm an editor. They promoted me to editor, so I'm actually editing other people's work now nice. too. So, um, But every once in a while, I get asked to participate in the podcast. And uh, what we do there is we talk about uh, the week's events in um, the niche gaming hobby. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weeb stuff that we talk about. But we'll also talk about occasional controversies such as Nintendo's continual self-censorship of their games and <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, you know, we talk about whatever people of the niche hobby industry, and by that I mean Japanese games and Japanese culture. They're a bit more into anime than I am. Okay. Um, so every once in a while anime will come up, waifus will come up. But, uh, you know, we talk about like some of the hot button topics that are happening in the week. And hmm. we do a sort of a section where we cover what we've been playing, what we've been watching. And then we talk about what's going on. And then we plug stuff if we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens occasionally. Um, I usually post on Facebook if I participate in one of their podcasts. So uh, that's been a very eye opening experience because it's video game journalism on the web. And um, I've learned a lot about the process. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, if you want to come and check out my work there, just come and check out the site in general. It's a great site. Operainfall.com. Yep, operainfall.com. Yeah. Um and and I have said I've said to you before outside the podcast, but I'll say it again. You are a brave man for wanting to get into games journalism in this day and age, man. Yeah, it's it's way different from when I did it, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's a very um tempestuous environment. It's a good word. To say the least. Well, I'm a writer. Yeah. But um there's a lot of controversy going on right now. Oh, yeah, totally. And you, it's getting to the point where there's a lot of labeling going on if you have an opinion. Like, there are people. I think, that, like, uh, Gamergate was like the beginning, and it kind of like has. Well, I, I will, in terms of the labeling, being called a Gamergator automatically meant that you were a misogynist. Yeah. And that wasn't, that wasn't broadly true. 
there were some gamer gators that were misogynists. So no question. There were some that were that were just haters through and through. I think it's just something that's been going on for years, like since the internet started. But for some reason now, all of a sudden, with all of this, you know, uh, equality and um, labeling and all, you know, all these things, race is a big issue. You know, I think it's just all kind of come to the forefront now, even though it's been happening since the internet started and forums and that, you know, nobody's ever nice in a forum. Or in a YouTube comment or anywhere. It's always been this way, but because of all this stuff starting to come into the forefront, now it's it's a big deal. Well, yeah, well, social issues are becoming a big deal on the internet. So anything that could even be in the in the arena of social issues is, you know, it's it's something that people are very passionate about on one side or the other. Yeah. Um, there are people that will talk about the waifu culture in Japan, for example, and some will say, well, it's a fantasy, it's not real. Um, <laughs> You know, it doesn't matter because these aren't real people. They're they're fantasy characters from the very beginning, and there are other people that will say it's perverted and it um, it's misogynistic and it marginalizes women. And you know, it's like there are people that are just like very passionate about it on both sides of the issue. Yeah. And obviously, video games is one of those areas that um, people are very uh, are, are people are taking sides and drawing lines in the sand about it because. You know, it's a it's a cultural war, you know, that's going on. Um, and video games are just um, they've just been sucked into it, you know. But to me, it's no different from music or movies or books. Right. You know, did burning any of those things ever um, do anybody any good? Yeah. No. Learn history, man. You know, that that's the thing. Learn your history. You know, like you may not like what someone has to say, but if you don't respect their right to say it, and if you don't respect their right to like things that they want to like, yeah. then you can't complain when the things you like start getting taken away too. And this goes back to what we were just talking about, how you know all these weird things that we expose ourselves to. Um, when I look at my range of weirdness that I'm into, who am I to tell somebody else your weirdness is too weird, you know? Well... Yeah. I don't. I'm not really interested in what other people do. I, I guess is neither am I. I mean, to me, the thing is, as long as you're not actually hurting anybody. Yeah, you're not hurting anybody. You know, you know be like, weird. Who cares? Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anybody, just do whatever the fuck you want to do. It just that's fine. You know, like people complaining. You know, like I'm I'm opposed to the Fire Emblem games removing the petting game. There's a petting mini game in okay. there that was removed, and I'm opposed to it. Not because I want to play the petting game. I'm not even going to buy the games. Um, I'm not buying the games because it's just a, a symbol of where it starts. Well, it's not a mistake that 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 mini game is in there. There are developers that actually spent a couple of hours, at the very least, I would think, developing the code yeah. to put the petting game in there. It was right. an intentional decision. Mm-hmm. But now, like, there are cultural differences between Japan and America. The so the social justice contingent would say, "Well, it's 2016." There's no room for that anymore. My argument would be, well, it's 2016, so we need to preach even more tolerance than we have before. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2016. Can we not do the um can we not do the intolerance bit, you know, where you object to something so it must be removed? Um I talked to you about Steven Universe earlier. Yes. Apparently that's a show run by that's a show that was created by progressives. And the thing I like about that is that they just decided to create their own thing. Rather than try to curb the industry and force it to act in the way they want it, they just created their own thing that yeah. espoused the values that they want to see. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Make your own thing. Do your own thing that has what you want in it. Yeah. 
And if it strikes, that's maybe the best way to convince people of your point of view, you know, to just like make something and hope people attach themselves to it. Right. But, um, you know, so I'm always in favor of freedom of freedom of creative expression. You know, I think that if a person's creativity and their freedom and their expression is stifled, I think what you're doing is you're stripping them of a basic human right. You know, they have the right to create what you want and you have the right to create what they want and you have the right to not be offended by it. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel about it. Right. Um, this is getting into a much broader issue, <laughs> but the whole point is that it relates back to game journalism and yeah. I have to I have to walk a very fine line. Oh yeah. And I have to be very careful not to talk about those things. For example, the the dreaded GG is not something we can bring up at Up Rainfall. It's not something we talk about mm. because it immediately invites controversy. Um, but uh, and there you know there's a whole lot of context to the whole GG thing that goes beyond what you see on the surface. But anyway, yeah, you know it's brave, but you know what? It's kind of something I've always wanted to do. There's other no, no, God, no! I would never say there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying, yeah, wow, that's. You know, it may it may fail. I may fall flat on my face. I may end up getting an office job someday. But at least I can say that I tried to do it. Yeah. And you know, I'll always have I'll always have this greatest podcast in the world, and I'll always have our blog. I'll always there'll always be a place where I can express my views, right? Until they take it away from me. You know, so this is just something for me to try out and see where it goes. Yeah. You know, right now, uh, online journalism, gaming journalism specifically, is you know, it's suffering. Unless you're going to be really niche and small and not rely on outside money, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. You know, game trailers just shut down after 13 years. That's something, man. You know, and game trailers was one of my favorite sites yeah. for a long time. Their 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 retrospectives on video game history was fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. All of them. All of them were great. Brandon Jones is like the best voiceover guy in the history of the internet, in my opinion. Yeah. Those guys will end up somewhere. They're gonna, they're but gonna, it's they're, not game trailers. Right. It's not game trailers. It's not those guys together. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. I know. And, and uh, I, you know, the two arguments are that, number one, that YouTube kind of killed them. Yeah. But I would disagree with that. I would say that what killed them was probably their inability to tap into the the audience today. Hmm. You know? Interesting. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, there are a lot of websites that are going belly up because they're not able to tap into the market today and they're not willing to change. Right. Um, I think there's something to be said for establishing your own identity. I think, you know, like, you know, if you know you're good at something, do that. Right. And eventually people will come. Like us. Like, right. Because we know that everyone that has ever lived ever is listening to this podcast. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's about things that most people have never heard of, we still know that there's... They, they know now. At any given second. They know now. Yeah. They'll get wrecked. The website can barely handle all the traffic. I know. You know, it's not um it's not mainstream stuff, you know. We know that. We don't care. You know? If you're good at something and you're having fun doing it, that's what you do. Right. Just don't don't expect that to be a reliable source of income <laughs> unless you find a way to, to strike a nerve with your public, like right. like Penny Arcade. The Penny Arcade guys found a way to do it. Sure. And then they monetized the fuck out of it. You know, shirts, mugs, art books. Once they knew they had something, they just got their hooks in and went to bit went to town. They took care of business. Rape they wolves. Did, huh? Rape wolves. Right, right, right. The dick wolves. Dick wolves? Is yeah, that they it? were the dick wolves. Okay. I couldn't remember. They were kind of rapey. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was a big yeah, deal. I know, I guess. Yeah, I remember the it was a controversy. Yeah. But um, once you once you do that, then sure, yeah, you can make money off of it. But even Penny Arcade, they may not last forever. Sure. See, but here's the thing: it's cool. They do packs now. Yeah. So they've continually found ways to expand and keep their brand yeah. thriving, and that's things that because they're doing like charity stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I like you know, I oh, dig them. Child's Play. Yeah, yeah, but like, but like, game trailers didn't do any of that. Yeah. Game trailers didn't expand; they yeah. just kept doing the same thing that they'd been doing. And you know, I hadn't considered that angle on it. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's a really there's a really incendiary guy on the internet on YouTube named Razorfist, and he is good a good name. No, yeah, it's a solid name. Yep. It's like big McLarge, huge. His channel, his cha- exactly. His channel is called the Rageaholic. Okay. And he's he he has these really incendiary posts where he just fucking goes balls out and does his rants about stuff and he's a very unforgiving guy but he's not really wrong either yeah you know (laughs) and he was the one that kind of pointed out that game trailers didn't fail because he called them game failures yeah yeah he pointed out that they didn't fail because you know youtube came along you know they failed because you know as game journalists they just never improve their quality to keep people around. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't disagree with that assessment. You know, it's not entirely their fault. They got bought by Defy Media, then Defy Media shit canned a bunch of people, then Defy Media certainly did something to make it to where they just weren't lucrative anymore. And game trailers didn't really do anything to help themselves in that regard, even though they tried. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Success stories are going to be what moves on, and you have to adapt. You have to adapt or die. Yeah, you know, or just be content with your little corner of the internet. Right, exactly. One of those things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm trying it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, things that we're doing, uh, and some of you may already know about this, but uh, you know, that's your thing. My thing is now um, I'm making uh, video game uh, repros. You know what a repro is. Well, I'm only from what you have told me about it. Yeah. But uh So like you uh you get a pile of um of old video games like uh you know, you can get them from eBay or you can get them from um uh, disc replay, things like that. Old, I'm talking about like, a pile of video games. What are you pile, talking about? A pile of old Sega Genesis games, a pile of old Nintendo games with like like okay, they're from like rental stores. Okay, rental stores are like you, nobody plays these anymore. We're going to get rid of this shit. And um, they they get rid of them. And they put them on eBay in lots, or they end up at Disc Replay. You buy them in a, in a in a big bulk, and you get them for cheap. And they all have ripped labels, or they have labels on them from the rental shop, and they're just unusable. They're dirty. They don't play anymore. You know, they're garbage to most people. But to me, I see the potential to turn them into new games, recycle them. Basically, it's basically recycling video games. So you're taking an old video game and you're turning it into um, a new video game, not just a new video game because that's like you know bordering on like piracy. So I take them and I look for games that have like ROM hacks. Like remember we were talking about Street Fighter uh, Rainbow Edition, right? That's mm-hmm. a ROM hack. So uh, a lot of games have ROM hacks that like add you know add features or put in different things, different levels. Uh, there's a version of uh, like I mentioned, Bare Knuckle Three was completely different in the U.S. when it became over and became Streets of Rage 3. So somebody took Bare Knuckle 3 and translated it into English so that you can play the Japanese version but understand the story. And, you know, that's on the Internet. You can play it in an emulator. Um, there's all these different ones that are out there in that, in that vein where they've taken games, made them better, 
but you can only play them in an emulator. So I'm like, what if you could um, you could have these games as a cartridge? You could have like a game that never existed as a cartridge. You could have a version of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog where you play instead of Sonic, you play as Knuckles. Okay, stuff like that. That's out there, but you can only play it in an emulator. And I'm like, it'd be cool if you could play it like in your actual system. It'd be neat. And so they have these flashcards. Remember in the old days they had like the Pro Fighter where you would uh, put a SNES game in or a Genesis game and then it sucked all the data out onto a floppy disk right. and then you could play the game like off of this floppy disk and whatever, like, you know, bootlegging games. I, and... I never owned one. No, no, we don't know anything we about those. We didn't know anything but, about those. But we, we, know, we they, know what they are. We know they exist. But, but we told all of our friends that were interested in them, do not get involved in this. No, that's... Only buy official. Yeah, definitely don't have a trunk full of them. Um or anything like that. Right. But and don't learn how to modify your SNESs. Well, nowadays, it's like, yeah, don't do any of that stuff. Don't do but, any of that stuff. Just buy official or yeah. learn to live without. And, and like if we it, did. Yeah, if it's a Japanese game, you know, if it's like a Dragon Ball game that you would like to play, too bad. You're not from Japan, so you right. can't play it. Well, I mean, if you want to spend the hundreds and hundreds of extra dollars, you know, you could go to your diehard or someplace like that. And no, that's in- illegal, too. You would have to go live in Japan. And buy the game. Is it at illegal? A, at I a, thought you could still import thrift, the stuff. At a th- you know, you have to buy it at a thrift shop. And we're, we're totally joking here. The point is that mentality pisses me off. The fact that like we never got to play the Dragon Ball games, and we never, you know, it's like in playing these games. Like you know, I want to play the Japanese Bare Knuckle Three. I want to see the original story right. and the characters as they were intended. I want, you know, I want all these things. I want to play as Knuckles in Sonic 1 because why not? You know, it's so bizarre to me that video game companies don't just dump all these ROMs for games that they're not selling anymore and have no intention of ever making money off of. Yeah. Just dump them somewhere. Yeah. Charge like a buck for Bare Knuckle 3. Right. You know, I'd pay a buck or two for it. Well, there was that group of dudes that made, like, they made a version of Bare Knuckle. Do you remember this? It was called oh, Street to Rage, Street Street Rage Remake. Yeah, and they, it wasn't in all three games. All three games. And Sega, like, lost their shit and told them to take it down, yeah. right? It was unbelievable. They, I, I, I managed to snag a copy before they took it down, and it, it's unbelievable, man. Like, Sega should have released this. Well, What's the problem? Sega should have just been like, you know what? Just like with the, the, the Capcom. Capcom Street Fighter versus Mega Man. You know what, guys? This is really cool. We'll slap our name on it. We'll slap our name on it. We're going to sell it. And we'll give you like a little bit of money for it. Right. You know, just to show appreciation for the effort that you put into it. We really appreciate the fact that you guys are really big fans of it. And thank you very much. It cost fucking Sega nothing to do that. All they could have, they could have just profited from it. Mm -hmm. And they could have created so much goodwill with the fan base. By doing, now I understand the dangers because once you do that, you open the floodgates. Yeah, every asshole and their mother is going to fucking make some modified version of your game, and they're going to be expecting to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand that there's a danger in that, but you know what? We live in an age now where people are taking those things and and making them their own to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about companies adapting. Why are Japanese game companies? having such hard times these days? Well, if they're not adapting, that's one way you can adapt. Reach out to your community, establish bonds with your community, start tapping into what your community is willing to offer just out of nothing but a labor of fucking love, man. How many hours of, of how many people, you know, were put into that, not making any money, just all powered only by their love of the property. And all Mr. Sega has to do is go, you know what? Let's sell that. Yeah. 
But instead, let's, let's let a PR person write a really nice letter thanking them for their efforts and that we really appreciate it. And we want to distribute this to as many people as possible at an affordable price. Here's Streets of Rage remake for $10 on virtual networks. Yeah. You know, and we'll give those guys like 0.02 royalty. Or we'll just pay them a flat rate. Everybody would make money. Everybody would make money, and it would do nothing but make the company shine. Yeah. The company would shine. Hey, you know what? Sega fucking cares what we think. Sega cares about the fans. They released this. Even if it only sold like 50,000 copies, if you spent $0 and 50,000 copies at 10 bucks a piece, if you, after you cut out all the fees, yeah. you're still making something. But, you know, we're talking about Sega, and they don't have a console anymore. Right. So True this, is, this, this is why, you know, bad decisions. So they don't have a console anymore, and they also don't distribute these old great games anymore. Yeah. And they don't make them available to audiences that may want them. Right. And so? And so I do. I put them, <laughs> I put them on cartridges. Um, so, you know, these ROMs are online. You have to play them in an emulator. Or some people get like, like – I started talking about the Pro Fighters. Um, you know, we're, we're floppy, you know, you put, put the games on the floppy disk. Well, now those have been replaced by flash. Now, instead of, uh, now, instead of floppy disk, it's flash and they're the size of a cartridge now. So now you have these cartridges that are flash cartridges. You put like, you know, put an SD card in there and load like, you know, a hundred games on the mm-hmm. SD card and then play them through this flash card, you know, but even that to me is not like an original cartridge. That's not the original game. It's not the original cartridge. It's just a bunch of ROMs. It's no different than emulator to me. You are playing it on the real hardware, but it's still just a bunch of games dumped on an SD card. Yeah, it's not, ta- a, it's talk- not a real cartridge. Yeah, we've so, talked about this in the past. And this is just my thing, but I'm finding now that I'm doing this that it's a lot of other people's thing too because they enjoy it too. So this is something that Daniel got into. He started making these repro cartridges. He would just go and buy a bunch of old games that are just crap, garbage, you know, and you you clean them up, you take the old label off, you clean them up, you, you polish up the cart, make it look real nice, take the inside, polish that up, take the chip that's on it that contains the game ROM, remove it, and replace it with a with a chip that has a game ROM of your choosing. So like a version of, let's take uh, the NES, Castlevania 2, mm-hmm. with the password system. Right. A version of Castlevania 2 where the password system is replaced by battery backup save. Yep. Uh, a version of Metroid, where the password system is replaced by battery backup save. So when you start the game back up, you're in the exact same spot you were with the exact same weapons you had. It's not a password system. It's battery backup. Just like Zelda or any other, you know, you start right back where you were. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So I started a little, like, side venture called Rad Repro. And that's what I do. It's uh, repro.rad.tv. And uh, there's a shop set up where I'm selling some of these repros of games that never existed in the real world, but now they do. Uh, a version of NHL 94 with the roster from 2015. It's so, like all the current Blackhawks and all the current, you know, all the, the teams are all updated. Uh, Super Tech Mobile with like all the current teams, you know. Which it's is like, it's so cool. It's, it's insanity, you know. Now, I don't give a shit about sports games. But, but the fact uh, that somebody's doing uh, it. But I know a lot of people do, and people are doing them. So I want people to be able to play these games on cartridge with the real actual label on the cartridge that says NHL 2016 on it, you know, or Castlevania retranslated, that, you know, that label's on it. Or uh, a beta version of Sonic 2 called Sonic the Lost Levels. Um, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We put all these things on real cartridges, red repro, check it out. You might find something really cool there. 
there are cool things there. Not yeah. only because there are amazing games that you can only get in a certain way, but because you made them. Yeah. Which is the best part. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, it doesn't get any better, man. Other repro sites, shit compared to Red Repro. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's other people that are out there doing it. I mean, I've looked and I've seen like what other people, and there's some people that are doing it well and they look nice and everything, but there's some others where they're just like, you can, they just. Well, I was being completely facetious. They may be doing great work, but I was kind of staying in character with our, we're the best thing. Oh yeah. Which isn't a character at all. It's the real deal. Yeah. I know. So, uh, that's it. Um. Unless you have anything else. Um, oh, well, I think we should just plug our Facebook page real quick. Of course. We have uh, Gaming FM and Gaming AM. Uh, Gaming FM is just kind of like a mirror for Gaming AM now. Yeah, uh, well, we Gaming have, FM is like, I started that a while back. Like, if you listen to Gaming FM and you want to come and talk and remember and converse, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, now it's sort of become like letting people know what we're doing over here now at gaming am but uh yeah ga- uh, we're on facebook at at gaming am we're on twitter at gaming am uh um if you want i would say that if you want to friend our personal accounts you're welcome to send a friend request i'm not saying i'll accept it but i definitely won't yeah. no i mean i might um i'm at tom tolios on facebook and i'm also at tom tolios on twitter but I haven't done anything with my Twitter feed in a long, long time. I will, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I won't friend you. It's just not going to happen. Just follow us on Gaming AM on Facebook. Not me. Forget it. Um, also, uh, we have a YouTube page. We don't have anything up there yet. No, we don't, but we're going to. But we We have will. some stuff, in, we have, we have some stuff, uh, down the pipe and some other ideas I think we're going to be exchanging very soon about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check it out. Uh, we have to go. Because uh, M. Bison's coming again. Again? Well, yeah. We can always just step out of the way. Well, th- I mean, I'm sure that somebody somewhere has been in the same situation in the past, and they found a way to avoid being run over. Well, I, I, I mean, ideally, we could just jump up and kick at him. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do that one of these days. Yeah. We should try it now. He's, he's right there. Yeah. You want to just jump at him? I and just like sh- and just yell in excitement. I think we should. All right, let's and give it a shot. All right, let's let's. Here we go. Hold on, wait. Let me put on my gear. <laughs>